1: free speech to free minds. You're listening to The David Night Show.
2: As the clock strikes 13, it's Tuesday, the 31st of October. Year of our Lord, 2023. Well, today we're going to talk about the developing oil war and the bigger picture of Iran. But we'll also talk about what is happening with the pharmaceutical issues. And uh, interesting clip about money uh, from Fauci. Yeah, there's no risk uh, that we're concerned about in terms of health. The real risk is to these companies that are making an investment. Are they going to get a return on their money? And we will take a look at the climate uh, game. And uh, we've got more climate insanity that's happening as well. And then we'll take a look at um, Halloween and uh, other things that are happening on October 31st. And there's a really surprise uh, that I'll tell you when we get to uh, something that happened on October 31st. We'll be right back. Well, I want to mention this um, because we're right at the end of the month, and um, we're coming up a bit short. We had um, Anthony uh, jump in, and um, he is a subscriber, uh, been a long-term uh, big supporter of ours on Subscribestar, and he has offered uh, to match uh, tips today. So I want to thank Anthony for that, and I also want to thank uh, Benjamin Russell and Scott, who um, made contributions on Zell this morning. Thank you, all of you. Thank you so much for your support. We can't. Uh, thank you enough. And uh, this is a donor-supported uh, broadcast. I mean, there are some ads that are on um, Spreaker, uh, but um, that really doesn't pay the bills. And so we appreciate all of you who have uh, helped us with this. Um, let's talk about the oil war. Because as I look at this, um, and you know, we, we see the speculation about what's going to happen to oil, what's going to happen to gold. Is it going to be a wider... Uh, A Mideast war. Well, you know, went up above 2,000, gold did, and then it dropped back down under 2,000 in hopes that this would not be a wider war. And we all hope that that's going to be the case. Um, And I just, and I don't use that in terms uh, that the word hope is used in the Bible, meaning confident expectation. I don't have a confident expectation that it's not going to increase. I look at these people, and just as I see that they have wanted to go to war for at least the last uh, 20 years against Iran. And, um, <clears throat> they have, um, been looking at this really for the last 50 years when you had the Ayatollah takeover, uh, but then it got to be uh, even bigger. I mean, we look at Iran. It is a centerpiece of the middle East in terms of size and oil and the rest of this stuff, it's one of the reasons why. We got involved in the 1950s overthrowing a democratic election and installing the Shah of Iran and helping him to run an authoritarian regime for 20 years, which blew back in his overthrow uh, as he was um, um, sick and dying of uh, cancer. Uh, but at uh, the, the blowback and the takeover of the U.S. embassy, that's where most people uh, think about Iran beginning, the U.S. And, and Iran. No, we have a long history uh, that goes back over 70 years. And there's a lot of hatred there, a lot of hatred. The great Satan is how they refer to us. And this is about oil and power. And so I think oil is still at the center of all this, you know. We say, well, it's um, look at Syria. Uh, we've got troops there and bases, and we're the bases of the oil well. Now, we're told that oil is not going to be important in the future. We're going to run everything off of solar and wind and batteries. <laughs> uh, that is, I think that is becoming absurd to everybody. It is a bad joke. It is a bad grift. Uh, this was something that was sold to people so that uh, – you know, their buddies, their cronies, their billionaire cronies can make a lot of money. It is not technologically feasible. They pushed us into it at warp speed. Uh, there's no time to get this right. Uh, we'll, we're going to shut everything down, and then we will move to this new alternative. We'll reset all of the energy policies of the world, but we got to do it right now. There's no time. No time. Same thing with uh, the vaccine, right? And same thing with every con man. Who tells you limited time offer only today? Will you get this, and you're not going to be able to get it any other time? I act now, act You got to act now. Are you going to miss this opportunity? Well, we got to act now. We're all going to die, right? So it, it is still there, at the center, and, and we do still need to uh, work and to pray about this and to send letters. Angry Tiger uh, has got uh, another uh, thing that you can send to your representatives. Contact them. A resolution. For the restoration of peace, the U.S. is not interested in talking about restoring peace, negotiating. Not in Ukraine and not in uh, Gaza or Israel, they're not interested in peace anywhere. I mean, you have to understand, (laughs) folks, we are the baddies here, we're the ones who are pushing for war everywhere and will not talk about any terms of peace, none whatsoever. And just just, uh, let me divert just a little bit to talk about what is happening in terms of United Arab Emirates. They've got all of these guys, um, a lot of Hamas guys living in luxury apartments being supported in the UAE. And they're not really even enrolling the UAE into turning these people over, right? If you want to cut off the head of the snake instead of killing everybody in Gaza, if you're really interested in something that uh, should be done and something that is proportional, you get rid of the, the Hamas people, right? But that that's not the goal here. The goal is to get rid of Gaza. And, uh, you know, they could easily apply pressure to turn these people over. You got people who are leaders in Hamas living in apartments in London and all the rest of this stuff now. Uh, They don't want to do anything to bring this to a peaceful resolution. But uh, when you look at the economic issues, um, certainly with gold now dipping below $2,000 an ounce, as Wall Street says that they're optimistic, but look, understand that Wall Street is always selling some kind of a narrative so they can manipulate the price up or down. They start a whisper campaign or a media campaign when, oh, it looks like it's going to be better now. And so then, you know, the stock market reacts. They trade on that. Then they put out another narrative that, oh, it's looking worse, and they make money off of that. That's the way this thing operates. But oil prices could go very high, says the World Bank. And, of course, we know that is the case if they get into a wider war with Iran. Say a small disruption of a half million to two million barrels of oil a day would mostly be absorbed by the market. Prices would inch up from the current ninety dollars a barrel to between ninety-three and one hundred and two. If it's a medium disruption, uh, like we had with again these these numbers to you and I, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, two million barrels of oil. What, what does that mean? It sounds like a lot of oil, but now if you look at a medium disruption, that was equivalent to the two thousand and three war in Iraq. Now that could uh, spike prices by twenty-one to thirty-five percent. And just understand that when we talk about increasing the price of oil and energy, it has a multiplier effect. It's like you know, adding money to the price of oil is like adding a value-added tax. You know, a Value-added tax, like they have in Europe and some other places, adds a tax every time something changes hands. And so it multiplies. And that's what happens when you raise the price of fuel. Because we, especially now, more than ever in history, we have this long distributed supply chain. And so, you're adding costs at every link of this chain. It's like a value-added tax. 21 to 35 percent. Take it up to 109 to 121 dollars per barrel, said the report. If it's a large disruption, uh, that would be something like the Arab oil embargo of 1973. So, you know, medium one is going to be like the Iraq war. A large one is going to be like OPEC, six to eight million barrels a day uh, lost and a surge of price between 56 and 75%. So it could go up to a price of oil, which is now at $90, could go up to 140 to 157. Higher oil prices would translate to spiking food prices. And of course, spiking prices of everything. Now, if you think that uh, the Biden administration is really, uh, you know, their, their real target is Iran. You know, we just got to get rid of the Ayatollahs there, right, just like we've got to get rid of the Hamas leaders, the terrorists. If you think that's really what's going on, and uh, you know, maybe Biden is really this incompetent, but I don't think he is. I really think this is an oil war more than it is an Iran war. And I say that because the CIA is running the government. And when you go back and look at what has happened, uh, you know, CIA has worked with these uh, oil leaders. When we had the OPEC um, uh, situation hit, um, the uh, guy who was really running OPEC more than anything, they focused on the Saudis, made the Saudis bad guys. But understand it was the Shah of Iran. It was our man in Iran that was at the uh, center of all this and pushing to uh, make oil more expensive. He was a very shrewd person, and uh, they gave him cover by redirecting everybody to the Saudis, of course. But um, it was also, you know, our guy in Iran who was doing it. And when you look at what the CIA has pushed for the longest time, CIA has pushed the idea of peak oil. Oil came from dinosaurs, and we've only got so much oil in the ground. As a Tower Power, one of the songs we used to do, Tower Power. Only so much oil in the ground. Sooner or later, there won't be none around. Alternate sources of power must be found because there's only so much oil in the ground, said the lyrics. Can't cut loose da, 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 without that juice. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, but uh, the, <laughs> those days they were saying, we can have alternate sources of power. Today, he said, no power, no power, nothing at all. You can't have anything to replace it. I mean, that's the difference in 50 years. No alternate sources of power. We're just going to have no power. Because we've got to say, the world, the planet is going to die if you have any energy use. Uh, but uh, they were always pushing the peak oil. And I've shown many times on programs going back the last 10 years. I've got two magazines floating around here somewhere. About, uh, don't worry about bringing them out, Karen. Um, <laughs> we won't show them. That. I'll just tell everybody. I-, I saved them when I saw them. I thought it was the funniest thing I had seen. Time and Newsweek, the two standards of objective mainstream print media at the time. Uh, said, well, you know, by, um, and it was 1979, I think was the year that happened. uh, We're going to be out of oil, and we're going to be out of natural gas. Uh, They said, "Uh, we've only got enough oil. We're going to be out of oil in the mid-1980s, and natural gas shortly after that. But, you know, we're going to run out of both oil and gas in the 1980s. Now, coal, they said, we have 666, It's making these numbers we got 666 years they said of coal left and so uh since coal was 666 they had to demonize it and eliminate it first i mean we had more than enough coal but can't use that you know at the time there was a lot of oil pollution i mean a lot of air pollution i should say and uh, so you know they were using that to get rid of coal Uh, of course you could make cleaner coal plants just like you make cleaner diesel engines but you know uh, that wasn't their agenda, but the bottom line, they were telling everybody that we're going to be out of this stuff. And I didn't believe it at all. I believe that, uh, oil is, uh, organic material period. Uh, I think there's a lot more of it and we keep seeing more and more of it discovered. And, um, <clears throat> but it's been a CIA, it's been a CIA, uh, objective to convince everybody that we're going con- to be out of oil. And when they couldn't convince everybody that we're going to be out of oil, when they couldn't. Uh, destroy the supply, they decided that they would just demonize it and say, you got to leave it in the ground. And so when you look at Biden, he began, his very first act was to shut down pipelines, to shut down, um, you know, uh, contracts of uh, drilling and to um, then follow on with oil sanctions to disrupt Europe and the supply of oil and natural gas. To blow up pipelines, after he shut down American pipelines, he blew up pipelines to uh, Europe. Uh, He depleted our strategic petroleum reserve. This is a Biden war uh, against oil. He said, this is going to be really, really painful. But on the other side, we won't have any oil that you can use. So what if they go in and blow up all the oil fields and then say you're not going to rebuild them because now we're in control? Is that their objective, to go in and take control of Iran so they can completely shut everything down oil-wise? I mean, they'll still have some of it, but I think that they desire to see themselves in the position uh, with oil that De Beers used to be with diamonds. We have a monopoly, and we will control the supply of it. And you'll pay very dearly for anything that you get. Now, of course, uh, that's got a big dent in their business plan now because there's synthetic diamonds that are uh, being made uh, everywhere. As a matter of fact, in the U.S., uh, they had uh, just had a synthetic diamond company go out of business, but um, only because they're being uh, the price is being undercut uh, by the Chinese, I think it is, uh, or some uh, third world uh, supplier. But I think that this is really about uh, destroying the oil fields. I think this is part of his painful transition to zero energy. You know, you need to understand, and when we're talking about the different MacGuffins, when we had the uh, COVID MacGuffin, it was zero COVID. Well, the climate MacGuffin is zero energy, zero energy. That's what they want. And so we have to look at the long-term goal of this. We have to look at the long-term goal of the CIA. Um, And when we look at, what, uh, as as Biden is restricting oil and trying to destroy it everywhere, we have the Iranian mullahs actually increased oil exports by about one and a half million barrels a day. And um, the headline of this Zero Hedge article is Biden policies have delivered $50 to $60 billion to Iran because of this type of stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, the sanctions that he put in, not stop the flow of oil from russia it just skyrocketed the price of oil for us now it is quite possible that biden and all the people that he's got in his administration are um, 300 percent incompetent (laughs) beyond anybody's belief Uh, or it could be that this is deliberate because it put a lot of money, it didn't harm Putin, and everybody knew it, but he kept it going, and then he exacerbated it by blowing up pipelines. Uh, everything that they do, including the destruction of the pipelines, is uh, with an eye, I believe, on getting total control of energy. That has been the game. That has been the game for the longest time. That, that, that is the, the beginning of the 20th century. That was uh, what the game was really about. And uh, if you um, you look at the documentary, it's it's not a documentary, it's a a drama, but it's pretty close to reality of what happened. the guy that Ian Fleming, I've talked about him before, uh, entrapped by the uh, trust, uh, this uh, uh, Bolshevik um, uh, spy game that uh, as they took control of Russia, uh, they created this thing called the trust. And they funded all these um, uh, uh, external, outside of Russia, opposition to them. So they would know who everybody was. And then lured in their enemies, including Sigmund Riley, who was Ian Fleming's model for James Bond. He was like their best spy. But if you look at, and there's a series, and it's like, uh, I don't know, was it six or seven uh, episodes? Sam Neill, uh, years and years ago. Uh, plays Sigmund Riley, and as it begins, it's all about the creation of British petroleum and about the transition from coal to oil and how they were trying to lock up a monopoly on all of that. And that's what the moves of the British and the U.S. were in Iran and establishing the Shah of Iran. It's always been about getting a monopoly on energy in whatever form. And uh, so the Iranians have made about $40 billion off of uh, the kinds of moves that Biden has been making, while the U.S. and the E.U. get austerity. And at the beginning of the sanctions, we pointed out that Putin made about $300 billion. And when you look at the fact that it didn't stop any of the flow of oil, instead what it did was um, it just raised the price of oil on the overall market. So he was able to sell it at a big discount, says, so, hey, you know, yeah, there's sanctions out there, some risk with this, but I'll give you the stuff. If you'll pay for it in gold or pay for it in rubles or something, I'll give you a 30% discount. And even with a 30% discount, he was making phenomenal amount of money. Uh, whatever Biden is doing, if you think he's trying to uh, take these guys down or if you think he's trying to help the United States, well, he's beyond incompetent. OPEC reports that Iran's oil production jumped more than 10%, From 2.6 million barrels a day to 3 million in August, Richard Goldberg of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies (laughs) uh, points out that not enforcing Iranian oil sanctions also helps China and um, also Russia.
0: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
3: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?
2: So, uh, you know, there's the 40, 50 uh, billion dollars that they're making by increasing their production because Biden has created uh, uncertainty and scared everybody and actually, you know, restricted supplies to some degree Uh, because of his policies. He's pumped up the price and you have Iran and Russia pumping up production and making a lot of money. And that's not even counting the six billion dollars in Iranian assets that they unfroze just before all this stuff happened uh so do you think that it's really about um israel versus the palestinians you think it's really about uh, the ayatollah yeah for a lot of these people on the ground it really is but the bigger game that biden is playing is uh zero energy and getting a monopoly on um what energy there is out there And where might they move with all this stuff? Well, it it looks like, as everybody is seeing, that uh, there is absolutely no way that, uh, after they've crippled us in terms of energy, uh, are they going to jump into nuclear reactors again? And so hedge funds think so. Hedge funds are loading up on uranium stocks. They say, well, there's nowhere else these people can go uh, because we know that we're all going to die if we have carbon dioxide. So we're going to have to go with uh, nuclear reactors. And quite frankly, uh, I've never been a fan of nuclear reactors because of the long-term pollution issues with them. We're really kicking the can down the road. You know, even the nuclear plants that uh, we have just arbitrarily extended the useful life of these things, they build them and they say, well, you know, we're going to have to, Uh, tear them down in about 20 or 30 years and um, they get too radioactive. It gets dangerous because the parts are there. So we had to decommission the plant. That's a huge expense. Then you got to store everything. That's a huge expense. And you got to keep it safe uh, for uh, hundreds or thousands of years, depending on the form that it's in. So there's a big back end cost with nuclear. uh, Besides what scared everybody with Fukushima. Fukushima and got Germany to ban all of their nuclear power plants. Uh, So I don't think that's a good form of energy either, but uh, I think that they're going to make a move for that. But I think the key part is they know that people need to have oil, and uh, we don't have a Mr. Fusion yet to put in all of our cars and trucks. And uh, so it really is about controlling energy, and that's really where it is still. And when we talk about war, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. Smedley Buckler, everybody knows his uh, his quote, the Marine General. War is a racket. It always has been. War is a racket. Well, it's right. But I uh, the next, uh, what he said right after that is equally important. And it was something that I had not seen. So I thought maybe you haven't seen it either. It continues. He says, it is possibly the oldest, easily the most profitable, surely the most vicious it is the one, it is the only one that is international in scope. The only racket. But listen to this. It's the only one in which profits are reckoned in dollars and losses are reckoned in lives. Oh, there you go. Lives for dollars. That's it right there. That's the equation. And when you look at what is happening, and it just absolutely disgusts me to see somebody who has uh, talked about his Christian principles, a new speaker. Absolutely disgusts me to see him jump into this war machine like this. And even apparently pivoting on his opposition to the Ukrainian war. Uh, but um, it is, in my opinion, very bad theology. You know, putting his opinions and his beliefs about the end of the world and prophecy ahead of what god has clearly told him to do that's a very dangerous way to proceed and it is not in my opinion um the the right way for christians to act i could always come up with some kind of a scenario to excuse my just total disregard for god's direct orders to me and that's what i think mike johnson is doing frankly uh, when you look at the amount of money that these companies are making, this Zero Hedge uh, article has a, a visual here. Lockheed Martin, $633 billion. And this is just from defense alone. You know, if they got other stuff like Boeing, uh, they have commercial ventures. They just pulled out the uh, defense stuff. And you got several companies that are between 300 and 400 billion. Lockheed Martin, by far and away the biggest, at 633. At 396, you have RTX, then you have uh, 324, Northrop, Northrop Grumman. Uh, then you have a Chinese company, 310. Boeing at 308. General Dynamics at 304 billion, and on and on. Uh, so the uh, biggest companies are still here in the United States. Uh, the US and China have 12 of. Um, um, U.S. has 12 in the top 25, and China has four in the top 25. Uh, that's the, uh, the big, uh, that's, that's, that's where the money is. And, and it's just like the pharmaceutical stuff. Um, this is, uh, people will kill you for money. They'll kill you in a hospital for money. They will kill you in a war for money. But as I was talking about uh, uh, Mike Johnson, uh, again, you know, We were going to make uh, not America first. Uh, We're going to make Israel first, and we're going to give the bill to America. Biden wanted $14 billion in aid for Israel. And then he wanted to have this big lump sum omnibus package, you know, this much for Israel and this much for Ukraine and so forth, and this much for Taiwan. Uh, But they're splitting it out. And when you look at the fact that uh, Biden wanted $14 billion, Mike uh, is going to give them $14.3 billion, $300 million more than Biden. And uh, he's going to pay for that a little bit, uh, he says, uh, by cutting down uh, the funding for the IRS. Well, I would like to see that cut. You know, the IRS, a $13 billion agency now every year, Biden wanted to give them an additional eighty. billion. He wanted to grow it, make it seven times bigger than it is right now. The Republicans, bless their heart, uh, said, no, only 60000000000 billion. We're only going to make it under Kevin McCarthy. They were only going to make it five times bigger. Well, uh, uh, Mike Johnson wants to be fiscally responsible. So he's going to take this um, $14.3 billion out of the money for the IRS to take it down to uh, $46 billion, essentially. So he only wants to grow the IRS by three and a half times bigger than it is today. And um, But he's still going to spend all the money that Biden wanted to spend, which we don't have. It's just, oh, we'll take some of the money that we're spending that we don't have, and we will give it to Israel instead of to the IRS. Well, you know, Israel's not as much of a threat to us, I think, as uh, the IRS is. <laughs> but but what is the what is the this is when they say well we're going to be fiscally responsible it's it's still not fiscally responsible you still don't have the money that you're giving to people even if you cut it from the IRS and even if you only grow the IRS by three and a half times again Biden wants to grow it Biden and the Democrats wanted to grow it by sevenfold the IRS Kevin McCarthy and the GOP wanted to grow it by fivefold. And now the new GOP leadership under Johnson wants to only grow up by three and a half. I guess we could call this Biden (laughs) light. It's kind of like Bud Light, right? Uh, Mike Johnson is a Biden light in terms of spending the money. Uh, But listen to what he has to say in terms of his um, unwavering support for whatever Israel wants in terms of uh, making them for uh, first.
4: Steve Scalise mentioned that our, my first act as the speaker was to bring the resolution to make formal and, and official in the congressional record our resolve to stand with Israel and against the barbarism of Hamas and all of its accomplices. But I, I want you to know, yeah, it's not an accident that the first resolution was for Israel and my first trip was to come and be with you. I want everybody to know where we stand.
2: This is a Republican Jewish conference. Thank you. Yeah, you are my first priority, not our border, not a threat to America, not our our budget, not our border. You are our first priority.
4: I hope they hear this around the world. I hope they know where we stand. There's no ambiguity about this. Jewish students today are no longer feeling safe on their college campuses where liberal administrators are actively supporting and promoting and protecting organizations which are solely dedicated to anti-Israel propaganda. But we must not only call out these anti-Semitic attacks, we must act. So as Steve mentioned in the week ahead, House Republicans will work swiftly to pass legislation to provide Israel much needed resources in their fight against these barbaric terrorists. We will stand with Israel strongly.
2: Well, that goes on for over three minutes. Um, Yeah, these institutions, these college institutions, they have now become anti-Semitic. And that's a problem. But it was never a problem when they were anti-American, was it? They hate everything about this country. They call us colonizers. They tear down our statues. They melt them. They despise this country. These Marxist institutions that we're compelled to give money to And uh, nothing, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about the anti-Americanism. Nobody cares about the fact, you know, that we have um, uh, let in twice as many people through the border, unvetted, that we don't know, uh, people being intercepted from countries that we're at war with, people being intercepted that are likely terrorists, people being intercepted that are likely criminals being let out of jails in El Salvador and Venezuela, uh, cartels that are coming through. They don't care. And the number that have come through, over 4 million, that they know of, how many do they not know of? Now, let me just ask you this. If somebody is coming in for malicious purposes, do you think that perhaps they're going to be a little bit more careful about how they're caught? And so, how many do you think are really here? Well, if we only go with the 4 million number, that's about twice the entire population of Gaza that Biden has let in. He has let in people who are unvetted already this year, Uh, more than twice the number of people that are in Gaza. Another way to look at it, as somebody said, it's equivalent to the entire population of Houston let in by Biden. And we don't know who these people are. We don't know if they hate us, if they want to harm us. Uh, They don't care about this. Nothing about America matters to Mike Johnson or these other GOP. I searched everywhere with this guy. What did he do during the pandemic? Nothing, nothing. He didn't speak out against any of it. He didn't resist any of it. He kept silent like the rest of the Republicans until Biden became president. And then he spoke out against the vaccine mandate. End of story. That's pure partisanship. You know, the Democrats are speaking out against the vaccine when Trump was president. That's nothing. It's just partisanship. But they all fell in line and supported, all the Republicans fell in line and supported Trump and his lockdown policy. Lock you down until we get this emergency vaccine out there. He didn't care about any of that stuff. He hasn't talked about having any inquiries like Andrew Bridgen uh, about uh, the massive poison that was done to us. He doesn't care about America, not at all which means he also doesn't care about our Constitution because he's more than willing to spend trillions of dollars and send us to war. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. So, again, they demand to know everything about you. But They'll let in 4 million people that they know of, and they don't care to know anything about them. Well, perhaps they know who they are. And perhaps they're just pretending that they don't know who these people are. You know, when we look at this, when we look at uh, Mike Johnson, uh, he has done some good things. And uh, hopefully he's going to be better than Kevin McCarthy, but that's a pretty low standard. And when you look at his complete disregard and apathy about what happened in 2020, what did he care about in 2020? Keeping Trump in the White House. That's the only thing he cared about. He didn't care about what Trump had done or not done for the entire year. And then when we get to the end of the year, let's do everything to keep him in. And now his first priority is his Zionist theology. October 31st is celebrated by most people as Halloween. There's a lot of us who celebrate it as Reformation Day. And of course, a big part of the Reformation was to push back against the unification of uh, politics and church that had become a big part of um, the, um, uh, the Catholic Church at that point in time. And so that was a big part of the Reformation. I think we need a Reformation now against the kind of theology that Mike Johnson is basing his decisions around. I think we need a Reformation politically To say, we're not going to allow medical martial law. We're not going to allow unelected bureaucrats to rule us for a year and then throw a hissy fit about the fact that the new election methods that Trump has instituted as part of his sham pandemic were used against him. Frankly, I don't care. And that's what I say to the people who say, well, you really need to look at this. They've got some good stuff about the election being rigged. I'm sure it was rigged. Every election is rigged. You don't realize that by now? As I said before, who gets on the ballot? Uh, Just look at how they're rigging the election right now. We don't even have a primary months and months away. And you got all these op-ed pieces. Well, you know, everybody but Trump on the Republican side just needs to get out. They just need it. It's too late. Nobody can make it. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley uh, just filed in South Carolina which I'm sure she was planning on running because she was governor in South Carolina, but she just filed. That's how early this is. This is like these people saying, uh, you know, in the preseason, we know who the super bowl winner is. We just might as well just cancel the rest of the games and just pronounce this team over here that they, they on paper, they look great. I mean, just look at this. You know, we got fantasy football picks and, uh, the, uh, the people, uh, this particular team, there's no way they can be beat nothing. And so let's just cancel all the games and just pronounce them the Super Bowl winner. That's what these politicians are trying to do. That's that's the ludicrous uh, place we are in in this election. So every election is rigged. It's rigged with push polls. It's rigged with narratives that are lies. And it's rigged uh, with ballot access and the rest. And it's rigged when they, the voting happens and how the voting is counted. But understand, it doesn't really matter because Mike Johnson and Donald Trump and all of these Republicans just did whatever the agenda was that had been practiced for 20 years. They didn't really care. And they still don't care. As we all see the death and the suffering that came from these poison shots, and as we see the financial bankruptcy and all the rest of the stuff that came from the Klaus Schwab uh, economic practices that uh, the lockdown, all the rest of this applied globally uh by trump and by trudeau and by everybody we see the devastation the economic devastation none of these people in power care they're hoping that you don't see the only person i see speaking out about this stuff is ron johnson you know we need to get some accounting of this stuff and now the rest of them care at all none of them care we're gonna take a quick break here before we go to to break thank you very much amos pool that that is very generous thank you very much um and uh, Dougalug, thank you also. He says, hey, folks, remember, hit those like buttons. Yes, please do. And that doesn't cost you anything. And I understand, you know, we don't make put this behind a paywall. Um, but, um, you know, if you could help us with liking and uh, with passing it on. If we could get a bigger base. You know, I, I, we, I, I'm, I'm concerned because we have so few people that uh, support us. And uh, they do a great job of supporting us. But it's just a few people. If we could get a bigger base and we could get, uh, people, you know, $5 a month or something like that, that would do it. Uh, even with the people that just download the podcast, um, uh, Jason Barker. Thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate that. He says this should be good for one gallon in the future. <laughs> he sent $10. Yes. Uh, yeah. If they get their way, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, a gallon in the future, who knows, uh, Papa CT two G thank you very much. He says, Anthony, thank you for matching contributions today. Yes, thank you so much, Anthony. I appreciate that. Uh, Sending out love to the David Knight family and all the great supporters that keep this show running. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Papa uh, Connecticut 2G. Is that maybe it? Uh, Radis Bro, thank you very much. He says, I'm delivering a lot of mail that says, you can help fulfill amazing end-time prophecies. He says, I'm delivering a lot of mail like that recently. Yeah. Yeah, God needs your help. (laughs) That is the most that is a great you can help fulfill end time prophecies uh just uh that that kind of sounds like a suicide cult doesn't it (laughs) now god does not need your help to do what he's going to do he needs you to do what he told you to do it's just that simple um mitch mcconnell wants to give more money to ukraine pathetic says uh, kwd68 yes thank you and by the way um thank you very much KWD. sent um uh some silver for me and a nice coin I like this coin uh it's got uh we the people on one side of it and then a bunch of people on the other side but uh he said uh, when he sent that he said um i appreciate the work you're doing with and watch all I can I enjoy the uh, rumble chat and um after um uh, uh After China, let's see. Oh, and and chime in as KWD68. Uh, Perhaps this gift could inspire some others to give off the grid. (laughs) Thank you very much. And of course, silver is, again, off the grid. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back. I've got a little bit more to say about this. And then we're going to move on to some other topics. Uh, I've got a lot to say, of course, about pharmaceutical uh, stuff. Uh, But also we'll talk a little bit about um, uh, what is happening on this day and what has happened on this day. Uh, and uh, beyond uh, the things that you may have known.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
3: Lucky? Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: What about it? Something I was very surprised to, to see. We'll be right back. The Common Man. They created Common Core to dumbed down our children. They created common past to track and control us. Their commons project to make sure the commoners own nothing and the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidknightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers the davidnightshow.com
7: if you like the eagles
1: on a dark desert highway
7: the cars and Huey Lewis in the News.
1: They say the hot rock and roll is
7: completed. You'll love the Classic Hits channel at APS Radio. Download our app or listen now at APSradio.com.
2: And uh, thank you, Greg Talent. Thank you very much for the tip. Um, and again, um, thank you, Anthony, for matching them today. Uh, Angus Mustang says, uh, so the Israeli conflict keeps our eyes off the failure in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, when the conflict goes bad in Israel, will we kick off Taiwan versus China? Well, you know, we may not be the only ones who start wars. You know, we're crazy enough to start them everywhere, but somebody else may kick it off. Uh, Narrowway Narrowgate Ministries. The U.S. borrowed one and a half trillion this quarter from the Fed. They ordered one and a half trillion for next quarter. They already took one million, um, I think, a trillion last quarter. Four trillion and three quarters. None of it goes to help the American people. That's absolutely right. The Fed is desperately trying to prop up the bond market, but they're miserably failing at it. They're trying to prop up their dollar as well. Uh, the market will collapse, and that will bring in the larger collapse. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, again, when we uh, you know we'll talk about uh, what's going on in some of the financial markets and what is going on with the CBDC stuff. But again, uh, David will take you to Tony Artibon's Wise Wolf um, Gold, and it's a, a good time for you to. Uh, everybody's saying, well, you know, gold is going to have its day. We're headed for inflationary times and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, I see it even more so as a play against the total control of a CBDC. I mean, there certainly does look like a rerun of what we went through in the seventies and the eighties, and we know what happened to gold then, but even, even beyond that is the CBDC because that is certain. Uh, that they're going to try that. So uh, very important as a hedge against that. Uh, Audi MRR, Modern Retro Radio. Thank you very much uh, for the tip. He said, I talked to Angry Tiger last night in a great interview, which will run on my station a later date, talking to Jason Barker Wednesday. Uh, Audi Modern Retro Radio. Well, that's that's excellent. And and uh, I know that uh, you've been a guest on there, but um, uh, so that that's cool. Uh, you're putting the interviews on there. That's excellent. You know, we got a lot of really good people. And again, Um, When you look at uh, Jason Barker, Angry Tiger, uh, they have at the Nights of the Storm, they have a schedule there where you can see their shows because they have the collective show on Saturday, Nights of the Storm, and they have uh, individual shows that uh, Audi was talking about at Modern Retro Radio. Uh, Done some great work, uh, especially, you know, uh, on uh, things that I have not covered in a lot of detail. Jason, I had him on to talk about um, the ghost printers, but he is Still on that, and again, the the, you know, the government is focusing on that, manically focusing on it, trying to shut it down. And uh, so he covers a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of things out there, a lot of shows that they um, have the schedule for that you can see at the Nights of the Storm. Uh, Guard Goldsmith shows are there, and um, and many others, uh, including this show. Uh, so they do some great work, and I'm, I'm glad to see that it's, it's expanding. Uh, Audi's on there. MJ Nichols got on to talk about trucking. Uh so they have some really good content there. Uh Michael Graves, thank you very much. Another one, uh, I believe that's um on is is uh this the same Graves that does the show I think it is. Um can we please touch on something that AJ would never talk about? Zionism. Uh great stream David per usual. Well, uh, again, um you know, we um as I said, I I look at the, there's these different ideas of uh um, eschatology is what's really driving it. And, uh, you know, Mike Johnson is driven by his Christian beliefs. And I think he's very sincere in it. it. Makes him very good on First Amendment issues and some other things like that, as Glenn Greenwald, Glenn Greenwald pointed out. Uh, but it also, uh, because uh, he believes that um, uh, uh, what he believes about Israel in the end times and as he interprets these events right now. It makes him go full into this war without really paying any attention to what is a just war. Certainly, it is justified to go back and to um, punish these people with Hamas. But I don't think it's justified to go after the entire population, to eradicate them. And that appears to be what is on uh, the plate right now. He was saying that, um, you know, if I continue to play that three-and-a-half-minute speech of Mike Johnson... Uh, he had called up Netanyahu, who he refers to as BB, and uh, he said he has uh, said this is uh, Israel's war of independence, and he said I told him we're right there with him. So he wants to completely eradicate uh, you know the people uh, in um, uh, in Gaza and other places uh, that are there. Uh, so in a sense, uh, this is uh, not a proportional response. To what has happened, just like the Palestinians are chanting into the sea with Israel, um, you know they're doing the same thing on the other side. And the question is, why are we involved in this? We should not be involved in it, but we're involved in it because of his theology. I think it's sincerely held beliefs. That's why I said we need to have a reformation. And I said yesterday, you know, when um, a part of this is, uh, you always hear them say that um, you know, God will bless those. Uh, who bless uh, Israel or bless uh, Abraham. And um, uh, But then the rest of that is that through your seed, all the nations will be blessed. How is a world war a blessing to all the nations? Is that really what was being talked about there? I don't think so. Um, and when we look at this, uh, again, saying that he's going to pay for um, this with um, cuts to the IRS. Democrats want the IRS weaponized against you so badly, they said, this is a poison pill. If you're going to cut $14 billion from um, the IRS, that's a poison pill, said the Democrats. And uh, so you have uh, people like uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Florida, who is Jewish, and she says, well, uh, you're playing political games. No, lady, you are. You know, you've got this knife pointed at our throat. Uh, An IRS that is five to seven times bigger than it is right now, as you've been bragging about how we will own nothing. Uh, We know exactly what this is for. This weaponization of the IRS is coinciding with the uh, CBDC stuff. That is your boots on the ground, your army to steal our property and everything we have. And she doesn't want to give that up. And neither do the other Democrats. So I said, this is a poison pill. This is a non-starter. If you're going to cut IRS funding, it's amazing. You know, he he puts the war in Israel above Americans and the the Jewish uh, representatives put the war against us via the IRS. They put that even ahead of Israel. Jared Moskowitz, also of Florida, uh, said, uh, you chose the IRS over Israel. I'm not going to take the bait. Uh, This is not a game. So, again, uh, this is dead in the Senate, he says. Not going to pass the Senate, and you know it. So you're trying to get rid of uh, the IRS, and and you're holding Israel at ransom. We're not going to have any of that. Boy, they want total war. They want a bigger Middle Eastern war. They'd love to have a world war. They want a civil war against us with the IRS and with the people that they're letting in the border. That's what this is all about. It is multidimensional. Uh, And then congratulations, American taxpayer. You just paid for this male soldier to get his facial feminization procedure. Uh, On military.com, they say the Pentagon has spent $15 million in the past five years to treat nearly 2,000 transgenders, including $11.5 million for psychotherapy and uh, $3.1 for surgeries. Unfortunately, the psychotherapy is driving them further into their insanity. According to the Defense Health Agency, the surgeries were performed in military health facilities, included removal of breasts, testicles, hysterectomies, and uh, many other bizarre uh, (laughs) things that uh, would uh, be fitting to talk about on Halloween. Um, Beth Baldwin, thank you very much for the tip. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and, uh, S flow 818 says Rockefeller termed it a fossil fuel. Yeah, he is Rockefeller. Isn't he <laughs> uh, jailhouse rock is what he wants. Yeah. He called it fossil fuel. I, I remember, you know, you had Sinclair. They had the dinosaur. I remember that was a big thing in the 64 world's fair. Uh, nad lander, we have synthetic oil. Do I need to say more? That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yet, you know, it is, uh, really the games that they're playing in terms of the climate. That's why I say that we, we got synthetic oil. We got ample supply under the ground. They it's zero energy. It's not peak oil. It's zero energy. Harps peak oil, peak gas, peak stupidity. <laughs> All three keep growing. Uh, Angus Mustang jewelry is the biggest scam there is diamonds and pearls. Yeah, but we're going to get there with the oil stuff. You just wait and see. Oh, you need some plastics? (laughs) I got one word for you by the graduate, right? Plastics. And we're going to get a monopoly on that, just like they had on diamonds for a while, I guess. But anyway, THX 1138. (laughs) Food prices spiking. It's $8 for a box of cereal. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's jokes about that in terms of how much McDonald's has raised its prices. It's absolutely insane. They're saying when uh, some of the big cities, it's going to cost you uh, maybe up to $18 for a Happy Meal. Yeah, people say, well, you could go to a restaurant. Not in those big cities. You probably can't go to a restaurant and get a meal for $18. Yeah, you can get uh, a meal at a restaurant for about half that around here, but you're not going to get that in New York, I don't think. Uh, Ground Zero, Hal, $9,000. 6 packs of Coke, 12-pack uh, of 7-Up, can of coffee, one pound of meat, bread, and two TV dinners. One pound of lunch meat cost me $106 yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, we joke about it when Karen and I go to the grocery store. Um, uh, I got the Miata and we got the tiny trunk. And it's like, well, wow, who would have thought we could fit a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries into this tiny trunk? <laughs> the trunk just keeps getting bigger as the dollar keeps shrinking. It's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh. KWD 68. I'll take nukes over wind and solar. Yeah. I bring back coal. Remember the days of no rolling blackouts. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and of course they don't want you rolling coal now either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they will come after you big time with that. Um, uh, on inflation and Christ, eight 99 for a small container of blueberries, Angus Mustang, Halloween bags of candy, $14 a bag last week, went to the same store yesterday. It was two bags for seven dollars well there you go that's if you want candy uh wait until after the rush uh yona uh says uh, plutonium uranium is way safer than carbon emissions right <laughs> am i right yeah that's right yeah sure we would have to well you know they say that uh, man-made carbon dioxide stays in the atmosphere longer than natural carbon dioxide because somehow they're different somehow man-made is not just one atom of carbon and two of oxygen Oh, <laughs> so who knows, you know, maybe they'll tell us that the man-made carbon dioxide stays in the atmosphere for uh, tens of thousands of years. <laughs> That's probably going to be the next narrative that they uh, throw at us. Um, Libs of at TikTok, as we were talking about the uh, military, uh, stuff, this man who thinks he's a woman underwent a full gender transition, including facial feminization to try to change his face, to appear like a female. Yeah, that's it we you know we're beyond satire we're beyond comedy anymore we, it really is an idiocracy when you go back and you look at mash and corporal Klinger, you know he's trying to get thrown out and and now uh he's exactly the kind of guy well actually no he, he didn't believe that he was a didn't believe he was a woman <laughs> but, uh, but he's uh the section eight type of person that we're looking for that's uh
8: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
6: No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Uh, We're going to make a quick break, and we'll be right back. next move
7: to add the aps radio skill and have access to the best channels anywhere from country to blues classic hits to news aps radio curates incredibly diverse playlists for you to enjoy get details at apsradio.com
2: all right and thank you to Stephen patterson thank you very much for the tip that is very generous and uh, thank you to anthony for for matching these i appreciate that thank you very much uh Let's talk a little bit about uh, pharmaceutical issues. This is sent to me by a listener. He said, I had our benefits meeting for work this week that covers 2024. We had an official presentation from our human resources and representatives from voluntary coverage like supplemental accident and financial companies. He said during the presentation, they mentioned that rates are going to increase this year. And part of the reason is because so many people are getting cancer. Unfortunately, he says it wasn't on a slide. It wasn't written down somewhere, but it was only said verbally. And he said shortly after that, they showed some incentive programs to make sure you get the COVID jab and the booster. Boy. And of course, you know, nobody in Congress wants to do anything about any of this stuff. He says, thank you for reporting on the FOIA documents, which covered the communication between our masters and uh, that the Daily Clout covered. He said, these people are a real piece of work. Yes, they truly are. And even though you now got the um, FDA admitting that uh, COVID and flu vaccines are raising the risk of strokes, strokes, always something else, isn't it? I mean, it's like heart attacks, strokes, cancer, uh, seizures and kids, all the rest. of They don't care about anything. There isn't anything that stops these people. And again, we had people dropping dead after they got the shot. Uh, in in late December of 2020, early January. But all anybody wanted to talk about was Donald Trump and the stop the steal stuff. And uh, that was all anybody wanted to talk about. Uh, So the response to this. So as they come out and they admit that COVID and flu shots are raising the risk of strokes, they say, no need to panic. No need to panic. So you should have panicked about this pandemic that wasn't happening. They panicked everybody when nobody was dying. But now that we get people dying, people with strokes don't panic. Just amazing, isn't it? No need to panic. Emphatically, no need to stop giving COVID and flu shots at the same time to older adults, said a um, so-called medical doctor in California to ABC News. Yeah, strokes are good. They're good for you now, right? Take the shots. what, what does this do? Considering the fact that the flu shots don't work, the flu shots have never worked. The flu shots give people flu. The flu shots make people sick. Just like the COVID shots. Considering the fact that it has absolutely no benefit, zero efficacy, why would you, They any risk that they identify ought to be enough to stop it. Considering the fact that it has zero benefit. So with any risk, the risks outweigh the benefit because the benefits are zero. The FDA told ABC News that it is, quote, confident in the safety, effectiveness, and quality of the COVID-19 vaccines that they have authorized and approved. They're not going to back down. They identified what they said was a small risk. You know, the way Fauci would say it, rare. It's rare here. It's rare. As I pointed out, it wasn't that long ago it's a few decades ago that after they had three deaths and uh, 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 attributed to a vaccine, you had nine states outlawed it. See, the states can outlaw this stuff as well. We don't have to wait on this, uh, these criminals in Washington. It literally is a district of criminals. We don't have to wait on them to outlaw this stuff. Uh, it could be done at the states it's been done before nine states banning a vaccine that killed three people there isn't any way that you can look at this campaign and say that there haven't been more than three people killed by this what have we done to change this the fda says uh, that they believe that this is driven by high dose or adjuvated flu vaccines, specially designed to rev up the immune system it's designed to attack the immune system and again as we've seen when you look at the people who uh, were injured are killed uh, by this other stuff it is out of the the lots that were really high dose they had 33 times not 33% more 33 times the active ingredient of uh, some of the other ones so it's very much a vaccine lottery, a lottery of death. And um, and I made that analogy as well. You know, back in 2020, I was uh, showing that scene from The Deer Hunter. Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro, they're prisoners of war. They're making them play Russian roulette. I said, that's what's going on right now, especially when DeWine got involved in it. Uh, but let me uh, play this. This is uh, out of Australia. And uh, this ought to be the attitude of everybody, and this needs to be happening everywhere. You know, There's just a couple of people, Andrew Bridgen uh, in the UK, a few other people, uh, Ron Johnson. We
9: need to hold
2: inquiries, even if they're not gonna be official inquiries, to publicize
9: this. It's become clear that people in this country and globally have been steamrolled. It is also clear that it has been coordinated globally. It is also clear that it has been integrated not just over six months, not just over two and a half years, but it has been planned over decades. The changes to legislation in this country were done so that they could control doctors and people. But the people are waking, and it's thanks to people like Dr Altman and all the presenters here today, thanks to people like Senator Babette and Craig Kelly. We know and we knew that this is all bullshit and that we've been had. But we are going to hound you down, the people that are guilty. We are going to hound you down and hold you accountable. And we will expose your global agenda so that the people of Australia can be free in the future. Because I love my kids and I'm looking forward to my grandkids. And we are going to save this country. That
2: needs to be the attitude of all of us. We're going to hunt you down. We're going to relentlessly expose your lies and what you have done to people. We're not going to be silent about this. Uh, that's a COVID Inquiry 2.0 out of Australia. Uh, Malcolm Roberts, I don't know if that was him or the um, or if it was somebody else that was running that, but uh, spot on what he had to say. Good for him. We need more people like him. Senator Ron Johnson demands that the FDA and the CDC disclose when they learned about COVID jabs linked to child seizures. Okay, so we got strokes for older people, seizures for children, and heart attacks for athletes, and I mean... What is going on that we can't stop this poison? The only one in D.C. that even asked these questions, not Mike Johnson, Ron Johnson, senator, not the speaker. FDA researchers shared in a preprint study published on October 15th that seizures and convulsions, quote, met the statistical threshold for a signal in children. In other words, uh, it is significant. A total of 72 cases of seizures within seven days of the mRNA shots. But about a month before the pre-paper was released, the FDA authorized the injection of children as young as six months old. They don't care. No, we're giving kids seizures? We don't care. Our vaccines used to do that all the time anyway. So what's different about that? And um, with both the old and the new Moderna and Pfizer mRNA shots, the CDC then issued A near universal recommendation for the shots, despite any data, to say if it was safe or effective. You understand what's going on with this, right? The reason they're pushing so hard for this in the face of all this data, their own data that they admit and then dismiss, eh, nothing to it. Yeah, that's right. So what? Yeah, I'm doing this to you. So what? What are you going to do about it? That's their attitude. Well, the reason that they're pushing so hard on this for children is because if they can get this on the child vaccine schedule, now they're covered. Uh, not under the PrEP Act, but under the Child Vaccination Act. So they just ignore all of these symbols, put, uh, signals and they put it on the uh, on the schedule. And now they have liability protection. That's even better than it is with the PrEP Act. And then this is Fauci. And somebody called him out about the warp speed stuff here's what he had to say
10: you know i think there were some good intentions about using the word warp speed <laughs> but i <laughs> yeah, myself right. flinched a little because i know that people might think it's reckless Because it's warp speed it isn't there are risks but the risks are all financial risks and that's your lives don't matter stand they're not compromising the safety at all nor, comprom- nor is there compromise of scientific integrity. When you do a vaccine under non-emergent conditions, there are various steps. And because companies make investments in this, what they do is they don't make an investment in this step until they're pretty sure this step works. And then they go to the next step. And one of the most important steps is when you start re- you know, gearing up to make many, many doses. You're not going to make an investment of a half a billion or more dollars to produce doses unless you know it works. So what this particular program says, we're going to assume it's going to work. So we're going to put investment in preparing the sites for a phase three, even before we knew that the phase one was successful. We're going to be making doses even before we know it's effective.
2: And we're going to continue giving them after we know they they kill you.
10: On time but you're not cutting down on the process of safety and science. So if you lose, the only thing you lose is a lot of money. Now, nobody likes to lose a lot of money, but we feel we'd rather lose a lot of money and gain four, five, six, seven months than have a result and have to wait four, five, six, seven months.
2: Okay, so uh, (laughs) we measure this in profits. We measure the profits in dollars and we measure the losses in lives. That's the reality. That's what Smedley Butler was talking about with war. And this was a war on us, and it continues to be a war on us. Big pharma is a war, and it is also a racket. A racket that measures its profits in dollars and its losses in lives. The love of money the root of all evil, and Anthony Fauci will answer for that soon. He's pretty old, and uh, he may be smart enough that he hasn't imbibed in any of these uh, drugs that he's approved, uh, but he's not going to live forever. He will answer to God for what he is doing. Um, so before we continue, I want to say thank you to some tips. YJ72, thank you very much. It says soda, fast food, or both poison. They're coming at us from every angle to weaken us. Don't take the bait. Yes, absolutely. And um, also um, from uh, Flower Sower. Thank you very much. Uh, challenge with over six hundred people watching. Let's see if a hundred or more will donate five or ten dollars. Uh, well, thank you very much. An appreciation to David. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks to Anthony for matching. And of course, it's not Anthony Fauci. I'm sure <laughs> we're not uh, we're not best friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh geese busters thank you that is very very kind and generous thank you very much good to see you there uh, geese busters geese busters. uh for the longest time I, don't, I think it's still whenever i say that in the transcript i think it still translates that as ghostbusters <laughs> but uh thank you very much geese busters. appreciate that yeah when we look at what is happening canada has now uh said uh When we look at the people that were driven out of business by Trudeau's lockdown orders, they're saying it's actually more than were driven out by the 2008 financial crisis, which is also a government-created catastrophe. But um, they said uh, this has been underreported in the past because we were only looking at people who had filed official bankruptcy papers. And a lot of these uh, companies are individually owned, you know, that it was targeting this whole thing that uh, Trudeau and Trump and everybody else, um, all of our other leaders, as I said, it doesn't matter which country, it doesn't matter what party, it doesn't matter what their stated political philosophy is. They could be conservatives, they could be libertarians, they could be Marxist, socialists, it doesn't matter what they, they all did the same thing. It's kind of like hail Hydra, you know? And uh, so Trump and Trudeau doing the same thing, and um, they said because these are not reported, because it was targeting small and medium-sized businesses and the middle class and Main Street were the ones who were targeted. We were the ones who were told we're not essential. And uh, so a lot of these people just closed shop and walked away. So it didn't show up in our statistics. But now we're looking at this. Uh, On October the 25th, Statistics Canada reported that the pandemic, quote-unquote— and I'm glad that they put that in quotes This is life news, put the pandemic in quotes. They know there was no pandemic caused a record number of small businesses to shut down with many owners never filing for bankruptcy, but instead simply walking away from their companies, resulting in a large uptick and a phenomenon called zombie businesses. In other words, they're dead, but we haven't filed the death certificate and put them in the ground. You know, they're walking dead. Uh, This finding represents a larger increase than observed during the 2008 financial crisis when the exit rate increased by one percentage point. Uh, The um, 2007-2008 financial crisis, also called the global financial crisis, is considered the most severe worldwide economic crisis since the Great Depression of 1929. But they're saying that um, there was even more damage with the government imposed directly by fiat, by mandate. And I said this at the time. I remember when they, uh, as soon as uh, Trump issued the orders and started paying the governors to lock everybody down, I said, do you see what happened to, uh," it took several different metrics, um, unemployment primarily. I said, do you see how unemployment has spiked higher than it was during its peak during the Great Depression. And of course, during the Great Depression, it took uh, several years for it to keep ramping up, right? You had the 1929 stock market crash, but it took like another four or five years before they reached peak unemployment. We got there immediately. And I said, do you see what's happening? And then, you know, we had the massive disruptions in supply, people get, get food on the shelves, but you had farmers destroying it at the farms. I said, look at this, this is all mandated. And it's mandated by Donald Trump. He's the one who is incentivizing this financially. He's paying the governors, Democrat and Republican, to do this, and they're doing it. And we didn't have, at the time, the rules about uh, the hospitals and the death protocol. Uh, We didn't know that they were actually being paid to do that. Uh, We knew that they were taking orders. Uh, not to uh, try other uh, treatments and that type of thing. But of course, the stimulus check that was there to, to ease, to assuage this. Training and universal basic income, uh, conditioning and training. Formal insolvencies are not the whole story. Formal insolvency is only one path that a business in distress can take. In my view, there are hundreds of thousands of zombie businesses, uh, said um, the Department of Industry estimate spokesperson um and uh, statistics canada we're saying this in my view there are hundreds of thousands of zombie businesses that are essentially dead but haven't finalized the closure process altogether well you know there is a a closure process and uh, the world health organization is really involved in a soft coup they overthrew our government uh worldwide uh three years ago And uh, now they're consolidating, trying to consolidate the WHO, trying to consolidate themselves as the new uh, dictators, the new bureaucrats to impose these orders on a global basis. And so um, here's the WHO coup, what it looks like.
5: Um, We're undergoing a soft coup. And the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. Um, 70 countries at least are involved with this, 50 supported by the US. um, And the justification requires you to believe that pandemics are common and that they're caused by humans. catching diseases from animals, from what they call spillover. And Fauci and Daszak have pushed this idea um, continuously over the last three years. Um, Two examples, this is one Tony Fauci said in the the journal Cell, in a human-dominated world in which our human activities represent aggressive, damaging, and unbalanced interactions with nature, we will increasingly provoke new disease emergencies. Daszak and Fauci's two lieutenants said the same thing. We must realize in our crowded world, human behaviors, environmental changes, and inadequate public health mechanisms can, tour, can turn obscure animal viruses into existential human threats. And who is going along with this? Basically, all the major... Multinational organizations, as well as all our health authorities.
2: Exactly. Yeah, we're talking about the military-industrial complex. I call it the uh, military-industrial companies, corporations, and it's also the medical industrial companies that are pushing this. And they did it under Trump. You know, we don't want to talk about that. Nobody will mention the name Trump, even as they talk about all this stuff. And we got to break that uh, Trump derangement syndrome. We really got to break that. If we're going to continue down this path of hero worship, if we're going to think that, well, everything's going to be great. If he gets back in, we can return back to 2020 when everything was locked down. We had a fake pandemic. We had Fauci being given the reins of government by Donald Trump. We had governors bribed to lock you down. Hospitals bribed to kill you. A mail-in election all the rest of these things it became trump precedents but now we gotta have trump back as president well uh, miss nass who was talking about that as she was quoting fauci saying uh you know we're all gonna die from the animals that are out there let's kill all the animals we don't need them for food they're just a health threat right i guess brownstone says the quarantine of humans and pets at the height of covid mania She said, I was there because I'd had a bad car crash. I had a sternal fracture, spinal breaks, neck tears, traumatic brain injury, and extensive and deep bruising on my legs and stomach. But you know what she was concerned about? COVID. This occupational therapist was concerned about COVID. <laughs> she didn't have COVID. And, uh, but uh, she, had, um, she said in March of 2021, this is Biden's regime, Still going, uh, using the Trump precedent. She said on that day in early March of 2021, my body's ravages did not matter as much as the COVID test that I had taken three days before. When she went went into the hospital, they give her a COVID test first, of course, so they could get the 20 percent bonus. Now she doesn't mention the 20 percent bonus, but this person is very badly spooked, and she says, "Do you have pets?" I, I, I'm I'm broken in a lot of these a lot of pieces here from this car accident. And yet you're worried about your COVID test. And if I have pets, she says, yes, I have two cats. And the therapist said, well, you know, you're going to have to quarantine them in the house when you go home. Because of her PCR test where they magnified whatever it was that they're looking for. uh, By over a trillion, she said, I looked into her masked face behind a plastic shield strapped to her forehead We were in a time of widespread panic and paranoia after the country and the world shut down in March 2020. TV people, politicians, bureaucrats forbade singing and church-going and gathering for Thanksgiving dinner. We were told to be wary of anyone near us. Then when the occupational therapist said my cats would have to be in a separate room when I went home, I knew at that moment I had to get out of there as soon as possible. This was frightening and beyond me. It had become so bizarre that I even feared that they might not let me leave. That's my fear about a hospital. And we saw this happening a lot. We had a lot of people who, it was a justified fear. A lot of people were medically kidnapped and killed, executed. You know, um, I forget his name, the the father who was uh, trying to get justice um, for his uh, child who had Down syndrome. They would not let them even visit, put a do not resuscitate order on there. And they put them on a Zoom conference and they were pleading with the doctors to do something as they watched their child die, murdered by these people in the hospital. She said, pain shot through my spine and gripped my neck from the car accident, not from COVID. She said, though I had tested for positive for COVID, I didn't have so much as a sniffle and hadn't had for over a year. She said, uh, back in January and February of 2020, she said, maybe I had it. You know, whatever strain of flu that was. Uh, Before the test, before the lockdown, she said sickness ran through the public school where I taught then. Uh, Staff and students were hacking and coughing for weeks. I made a couple of trips to urgent care center to receive antibiotics that didn't work. Then I drove myself to the ER where I got an inhaler that helped me to breathe better. I missed four days of work. Finally, my health improved and I hadn't been sick since then with a respiratory illness. Again, that was uh, my experience and Karen's experience. You know, there was some, uh, as there are, there's different flu strains that go around. Some of them are worse than others. Uh, This is not, uh, and I will never uh, accept this narrative. I understand what this narrative is for. And I opposed it when it was being pushed to sell storable food and masks and other profits for record profits and infowars. I know exactly what that stuff was about. And it... I just saw this video. This is an older video and just happened to come across it on the internet. And I described it yesterday. I thought it was, I had put it in the deck and I forgot to put it in the deck or give it to my son to put it in the deck. Uh, this is a woman uh, and she is in the car going up to one of these stations where she has to get swabbed so she can live her life. They were intimidating people so much for, her. uh, maybe you ought to call these things the Klaus Schwab's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody had to get their klaus Schwab up the nose and the throat uh if you're lucky that's the only place they put them uh but i i just i saw this and i thought i wonder uh what she thinks today about this stuff you know i don't know that a lot of people knew better a lot of people did it under duress a lot of people believed it though a lot of people were afraid a lot of people um would go there uh, because they were afraid that they'd been exposed to COVID, so please test me. Please do this stuff to me. Well, here she is uh, getting her swabs.
1: Okay, okay let's go. Let's so get it I will over start
7: with. It. with the throat. Okay. Open. Oh, the throat ain't no problem. I can give you that.
1: Uh, <laughs> ah. Perfect. Ah,
8: ah, ah. Girl, we got. It. Did
10: you get it?
5: Yeah, oh, I have yeah. to do the other side as well. The other side of what I only got one toe. Yes.
10: Oh girl, y'all doing the Olu. Oh I'm ooh. So
5: sorry.
10: Oh jeez, I'm finna panic attack, lord. Ah, 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 Alright,
5: uh, it's all done. Sorry. Are you okay? Oh girl, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh no, son, we're halfway.
7: Oh Jesus, y'all went down there. Oh
2: god, i this disappointed. the part I don't like. Go ahead and get it Father. Alright,
5: just relax and try and resist me.
2: Uh, 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 <laughs> this is know. the nose.
1: Get out the, the, the God, God it. Get it out.
5: You got
2: it. <laughs> One more. I'm crying
5: out of now. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just relax for me. Y'all ain't do nothing like in hospital. Get it out! Get it out! Get it! Get it! Get it! Get it! Oh, girl, you jugging!
10: You jugging! Get out! It. Get out! Go, go, go! So are you done?
11: You don't need nothing else. You ain't poking. Oh, this is just a paper for the information. That oh, okay. oh yes, yeah, please. Yeah. My
2: yeah. And of course, none of that was necessary. Even if you needed to get uh, samples, if there was really a disease, you could have it done with the spitting. As I pointed out yesterday, the people who went to the con Festival, the elites, they thought it was disgusting that they would have to spit for a COVID test. But no, the rest of us would. I never got it. Uh, but the rest of us uh, would have to get it up the nose down the throat. And of course, the Chinese, in order to humiliate Americans uh, abroad, uh, the State Department staff, they gave it to them anally and laughed about it. Yeah. And that really tells us that this was about humiliation. This was behavioral science. It was not any other kind of science. Uh, No statistical science, no epidemiology, no medical science. This was Behavioral psychology. That's what this is all about. Handy, when I mentioned it yesterday, I didn't have the clip and the the board to show that to you, but when I mentioned it, Handy, who worked, uh, still does an EMS, he uh, sent this to me and um, he uh, gave me a note. He said, you mentioned you had a story to share regarding the swabs. He said, I took a few pictures of one of the COVID test swabs that I got from the ER. Uh, He said, notice the, uh, and here's some of these pictures here. Um so here's the 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 thing and he says notice that um the clump of bristles that were hanging on on a couple of uh, pictures uh where would that end up if you swabbed somebody well of course that's going to come off it's already coming off he said i wanted you to see the microscopic view as well he said uh nobody uh shows that and um so he said um uh he put some uh, 250 magnification on the tip of the swab and, um, he also sent some uh, videos. where We see some, uh, he put a little bit of this in some water and, um, he said, uh, they're just some, some spots that are kind of floating around. He said, I did that at my little desk. It's not a sterile laboratory, but he goes, they're from a different swab, same design. I got the idea to put a drop of water on the microscopic slide and then swab the slide with the, um, swab what it left behind was a multitude of unknown glittery microscopic objects. So he says, I don't have the equipment to look closer and see what it was, but I checked another one, another water sample that wasn't swabbed, and it was clear. So whatever it was, it was coming off of that stuff that I swabbed it with. But uh, just understand that this whole thing has been an experiment, a behavioral psychology experiment where we were the lab rats. It was a political experiment to see what they could get away with to uh do it under color of law to have a medical martial law where the bureaucrats ruled us and now that that was successful at the uh, local state and federal level they're going to move that as part of the who to do a huku and they're going to move that up to the international level so it can be ruled by unelected bureaucrats and everybody is so worried about these elections are you kidding me uh again i'm i don't care about elections except for local elections i don't care about any other elections a local and to some degree state but i really don't care about the federal elections if they're not going to do anything to stop this if they're not going to have uh, the states if they're not going to repeal the uh, Model State Health Emergency Powers Act. Even the guy in Australia said, you know, they practiced this stuff for decades. They already set these laws in there decades ago. They did the same thing everywhere. Why? Because it's coming from the CIA. It's coming from the intelligence services. It's a CIA coup. And of course, the CIA is aligned with um, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Canada, US, the five eyes. That's all aligned. It's all the common agenda. So they been practicing it they've put the laws in place and uh, they're going to roll this stuff out and now you see this moving to the international level with the who same approach so uh, the covid lockdowns were a great experiment it was a failure uh, says um, this article from uh, new york magazine but uh, no it was they got exactly what they wanted frankly Uh, that that is a failure (laughs) what we have here is failure to communicate and to understand what this really was about. This wasn't about stopping a pandemic. This wasn't about controlling anything medically. It was about uh, not about controlling a virus. This is about controlling you, you. So it was not a failure. And so they talk about the fact the Chinese government lifted their lockdown of Wuhan after only 76 days. But of course they came back later on and, um, and I started doing it with Shanghai and other places simply to exercise their authority. You know, they, everybody was complaining, if you remember, in the early days, they said, well, Wu not locked down anymore, where this allegedly started. But then they came back, and they wanted to show Shanghai, who was the boss, and they locked them down, because this is about politics. It's about psychology. And, um, you know, they say, until the Chinese government deployed this tactic, A strict, batten-down-the-hatches approach had never before been used to combat a pandemic, but they practiced it for 20 years. And as I said, and got punished and censored and kicked off of YouTube, 2020 was the year that the world became China. They hated that so much at YouTube that I can't even post Christmas music on YouTube personally. Came after me personally for saying that 2020 was the year the world became China. The year we became so authoritarian that we would say well i can lock you down in your home if i want to they said despite the lack of scientific evidence lockdowns didn't come out of nowhere at least not in the u.s they had been discussed and argued over by scientists since 2005 wrong wrong they did their first war game germ game dark winter two months before 9-11 and all the rest of stuff these people really don't know what's going on Uh, and again they say well you know it was it was something that they thought they could do and um, the, the you know pandemic, they had to do something. And so in 2005, uh, George Bush read a book about the great influenza epidemic of 1918, and he goes through and sets up the PrEP Act and all the rest of this stuff, the PrEP Act to deny you uh, any compensation if you're injured. Uh, but of course, you know, as we look at the, as I mentioned, you know, Fauci out there, it's all about the money, it's all about the rewards. Do you realize, and I didn't see this, back in September 19th, Uh, about six weeks ago, he got an award, an ethics prize, an ethics prize for Fauci. And again, the narrative is that he saved millions of lives. This is given to him from Case Western Reserve University. Uh, What an idiocracy and a corruption how universities have become. Fauci presided over two White House administrations, a catastrophic draconian policymaking, says the dossier, which resulted in unparalleled levels of unnecessary human suffering. But now they say he saved millions of lives. Well, that's what uh, Donald Trump is saying all the time. It's okay to criticize Fauci for saying that, but don't criticize Donald Trump for that. And then, of course, we have um, Trudeau, who is now pushing very hard to expand the assisted suicide laws in Canada, to include infants who can't make a decision about suicide. But of course, you know, they're pushing the gender decisions on kids who can't make decisions about that. Just look at how these politicians who have gone to war against us, if you want to know how much they hate humanity, take a look at how much they hate children. They didn't even try to hide it they try to hide their hatred of children in schools and Planned Parenthood with their abortion laws or now even with euthanizing infants. We're going to kill them. We're not even going to pretend that it's uh, comfort care or something. No, we're going to just outright kill them. That's what they sent uh, Kermit Gosnell to jail for, was for euthanizing infants that he had attempted to murder and that had somehow survived. Uh Thank you for the tip, uh, Angus Mustang. Thank you very much. Max B. Thank you also. And thanks, Anthony, for matching. Yes, thank you very much, Anthony. Uh, Michael Pomroy, Thank you for the tip. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, extra $5 is no problem this month. Thanks, David and family. Well, thank you very much. And Handy. He says, uh, please tell Anthony I just put $20 in the tank via cash app. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, Spencer DeLong. Thank you for the tip. He says, David, I hope this helps Um, uh, can you scroll up a little bit? I just lost it there. Um, he says, uh, I hope this helps my opinion on the pride transhuman movement. And a lot of the green agenda is that it is a satanic agenda to distance people from the idea they're created in the image of God. I agree. And to make us hate God's creation, uh, would love your opinion. well, I absolutely agree with that. I think that it is obviously satanic because there's so much hatred of humanity involved in it. You know, just like we see with these infants here, just like we see uh, the the transgender um, movement has now focused on kids. And I've said this from the very beginning, that uh, if they pretend that children can consent to changing their gender and having um, mut- mutilating surgeries and uh, chemicals given to them. If a child, a minor, a very young minor, they're doing this to kids in elementary school. If kids can do that, well, then, of course, they can consent to sex. So I said, this is really a pedophile agenda. But beyond that, it is a uh, transhumanist agenda. And um, it is an anti-humanity uh, agenda. And now we can see that, you know, they just even want to get to the extent of even killing children. Because these infants cannot, uh, you know, the the whole idea behind this assisted suicide is that you have uh an adult who consents to this. Well, the children certainly can't consent to it. So this is not about their consent. You know, the gender mutilation is not about their consent. Minors can't give consent for a lot of things, and there's a lot of things that we restrict them from doing for obvious reasons. Uh, So they can't give consent for that, and they can't give consent for uh, these uh, operations either. Uh, Grim Creeper (laughs) 3, thank you very much for the donation. Here's my donation, David. Appreciate all you do. Well, thank you very much. uh, my son says, isn't there a different word for suicide when it's involuntary and someone else decides to do it to you? <laughs> it's called murder. It's called abortion. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's really where they're going. Um, Mitchy Goose uh, is now a monthly supporter. Thank you very much. And Rick Sanchez, uh, New Mexico. Thank you very much. Um, that is very generous. Appreciate that. Uh, saying COVID-19 is fake to suggest all the doctors using HCQ and ivermectin to treat COVID are lying. Some of us got COVID who were 70 plus and had to deal with it at home uh, with oxygen going down to 80%. I'm not saying that uh, people weren't sick with it. I've talked to a, a very good friend of mine. Uh, got very sick and he took ivermectin and it immediately made him. He said it was like this, this burning in his chest and it immediately cleared up. And he still had congestion for a while. Uh, and, um, what I'm saying is, is that I don't think that it was anything that was weaponized. I don't think that it was a pandemic. I don't think, you know, we, we constantly have, and it's, it's been a big thing. Flu killed a lot of people and they would use that to try to scare people into getting an ineffective flu shot for decades. I watched that game and so did the people that I worked with and it was the same exact game just as we've had the same exact game played with vaccines that they played with masks and then played it again with a COVID shot. They would tell people for years, your measles shot doesn't protect you. It's other people's measles shots that protect you. Your flu shot doesn't protect you. It's other people's flu shot that protects you. The reason that the flu shot didn't protect you is because, you know, somebody in your family didn't get it or something like that. They played that same game with the masks, and then they played that same game with the COVID shots and then used it to try to force the COVID shots. And um, we can just look at the numbers and we can see that um, if you did not, and I'm not saying, you know, what anybody's individual experience was. We got very sick with it as well. Not as sick as my friend did who took ivermectin and got better. Um, But um, uh, just because we haven't used ivermectin before uh, doesn't mean that this is some new disease. You know, people have not used it. People used it out of, uh, desperation because what they were doing to us and out of uh, their fear campaign and their pandemic lockdown. So we'll see if we can find something to, uh, to deal with these respiratory illness that we have this year. Every year, flu is different. As I said before, yesterday, 2009, I had a very bad case of that year's flu. I had a very bad case of perhaps the same thing that was in 2019, not as bad as my friend who took ivermectin and got better. Uh, But again, maybe we discovered uh, some new effective treatment for all uh, flu shots. But we can look at the excess deaths, and we know what was killing people. And we can look at the statistics. Oh, nobody's dying anymore heart disease and cancer or flu. They're all dying from COVID. It was a statistics game. It was a lie. And I firmly believe that. Um, Tyrannosaurus Radio uh, thank you very much for the tip. Uh, groceries, gas, houses, rent, and everything else is costing Canadians more than they're able to bear any longer. I agree. Eric, thank you very much for the tip. He said one of the most stupid things I saw during the lockdown was people without a helmet but wearing a mask. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I guess it's going to protect you when you take a spill. That mask is going to be... <laughs> I don't know. I have also saw people, uh, husband and wife... Riding around with a mask on and the windows up. <laughs> Whereas Karen and I rode around in the convertible uh, with a top down and uh, no mask. Uh, Real McCoy, thank you very much for the tip. Brian and Deb McCartney, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I said thank you uh, to uh, David, Karen, and family. Uh, it's not an easy thing to, to digest these headlines that are so unpalatable day after day. We all need a spoonful of pure honey to aid this meal and not GMO sugar. Absolutely. We're going to Uh, get into some of that Uh, when we come back we're going to get off some of these more serious topics judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com
10: it's my little escape
2: now
1: judy's the life of the party
10: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
1: whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
6: Ch-ch-chumba.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No
6: purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino.
1: Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten Lucky?
3: Lucky?
2: And we'll take a look at Halloween when we come back, so stay with us. You're listening to The David Knight Show.
7: Hear news now at APSRadioNews.com or get the APS Radio app and never miss another story.
2: Let's talk a little bit about Halloween here. We've got uh Babylon Bee story says um, a uh, trick-or-treater dresses as Zel- Zelensky and goes to the Capitol gets $40 billion in candy. <laughs> And uh, they bought it because, uh, believing him to be the actual Zelensky due to his short stature, uh, this young kid, Tommy Billington, uh, I wonder if he's Barbara Billington's relative. You know, that's what they're thinking. Yeah, they're making up this name. Leave it to Beaver, I guess. Anyway, uh, uh, believing him to be the actual Zelensky due to his short stature, Capitol Police ushered him directly into the corridors of Capitol to meet with congressional leadership. Within an hour, Billington had been informed that he would receive $40 billion worth of candy. He watched excitedly as the Capitol police officers helped to load pallets laden with candy-filled duffel bags onto several large trucks outside the Capitol building. I'm never wearing a different costume. He said, dressed as this Zelensky guy, I can get whatever I want. (laughs) Every day is trick-or-treat if you're Zelensky, right? (laughs) Yeah, he plays a trick on us, and when the Congress gives him the treats... Uh, by the way, they always, they put the, they had a couple of things about, um, uh, Halloween at, uh, Babylon B and they put at the end of it, they said, uh, this culture is not your costume. Do not appropriate ghost zombie or vampire culture this Halloween. Yeah, that's right. That's, uh, not who we are. White house accidentally hands out plastic baggies of cocaine to trick or treaters. Parents are encouraged to check their children's Halloween candy haul every year to keep an eye out for razor blades and granola bars. But they didn't have to worry about the treats they'd get from the White House until now. A frustrated Biden, upon realizing that he had distributed his son Hunter's stash, uh, said, nabbit! I grabbed the wrong basket again. (laughs) Well, you know, he's, uh, again, it's not just Halloween that uh, Biden is giving people handouts. He's uh, giving all kinds of handouts. But when we look at... um, Uh, This culture, again, you know, the the culture of uh, ghosts and witches and uh, zombies and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, This um, happened about a week ago. You had um, in a charter school, you had a teacher show Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Just another example of the stupid, perverse filth and gore that comes out of Hollywood. Uh, Fourth graders. They showed this to them and it was, um, evidently, you know, I don't know how he got around the uh, copyright thing, but evidently there was, um, um, uh, you know, something that wasn't owned by Disney. And so he's got people walking around wearing these, uh, Winnie the Pooh character, um, uh, head uh, things and stuff. And, you know, doing the usual slasher stuff, uh, stalking scantily clad women as they describe it, Western journal. Um, and, um, so he put it on for the class at the Academy of Innovation Education in Miami, a charter school, uh, K through 12. And uh, so the kids were uh, very upset about it. Uh, mother, one of, the, one of the people who talked about it, had uh, fourth grade twins at the school. Uh, so they were distraught after they're exposed to 20, or 30 minutes of the movie. That reminds me, I had a, I had a couple of um, guys that when I was in school, uh, they went. school with that were um well they weren't twins but uh, one of them was brain damaged and he was left behind a couple of years and um and then the other guy uh so they were it seemed like they were twins. they looked very much alike but they were not twins uh but the brain damaged guy was in the driver's ed class that i had and they used to show us uh, these films mechanized death and things like that to scare us about uh um you know doing stupid stuff with cars. Unfortunately for me, it didn't work, but fortunately God protected me against even that. I did some really stupid stuff, uh, but uh, lived to tell about it. Um, the, um, but they showed this thing and it was really gory stuff of accidents, but it wasn't, it was black and white, you know, and uh, you know th- it was um, not really as graphic as a lot of the stuff that you would see at the movies, but knowing that it was real, um, this this one guy, the older one, uh, passed out. I mean, first he's a, oh I can't watch this, I can't watch, and then he passed out in class. I'll never forget that. But uh, nope, you know this this mother was very upset. It really upset her kids. It was a math teacher who was showing Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. It's like what's that about? Was he trying? Was it a body count or something that he was? What does has this have anything to do with math? Right. So I say, you know, school has become so irrelevant and dumbed down and perverse. Just another example of it. Uh, The upset mother said that the math teacher showed this uh, movie to her children against their will. He didn't stop the movie, even though there were kids saying, stop the movie. We don't want to watch this. Uh, The movie's director was uh, contacted about this, a guy named Reese Waterfield. I think he's uh, British because he says it's mad, isn't it? Because when you watch the film, there's no way you can mistake it for a children's film. Literally the first 10 minutes, crazy stuff is happening, and the characters look very scary. They said it went on for 20 to 30 minutes. I don't know how it went on that long. I don't know if a teacher put it on and just walked out and left them, or if the kids tricked them or something. Hopefully we haven't ruined these kids' childhood, he said. Well, if they haven't, they're going to keep trying at the schools. <laughs> They'll do the gender gaslighting and the rest of the stuff. They're not going to give up with that movie. They're going to keep going, aren't they? I always thought it was interesting. You know, we talk about uh, adult films and and things like that. it's like, oh, okay, well, um, we'll let you see this kind of stuff at 17. And we'll let you see other stuff at um, at, at 13 and other stuff at 17 or 18 or something like that. And it's like, um, you know, I understand that uh, people have ability to process that. But I think that it's really more than anything uh, what you have – uh, been trained and accustomed to, you know, you see this gore over and over again, you start to get, uh, numb to it. And, uh, so you got to see more, you know, it's the type of thing that draws people into this gore, draws people into pornography, draws people into drugs or money or anything. Like that. I got to have more. I enjoyed that, but I want more. I want a bigger fix. And we've seen that with the movies going down that path for the longest time. Um, but, um, Russian MPs have proposed renaming Halloween. They don't like it. They think it's too Western, too much of Western culture. They said, not my culture. I propose to celebrate Halloween in Russia under the name day of spooky fairy tales and stories. (laughs) This way we'll get away from being tied to Western culture and foreign names, but we'll retain the fun that many people are used to. Well, it's not my culture either, pal. um, (laughs) Politicians know that every October there's a debate in society as to whether Halloween celebrations should be banned as an element of pro-Western propaganda. This isn't pro-Western propaganda. This is pro-Satan propaganda, you know, uh, celebrating death and blood and, you know, vicious acts. And you notice the other thing too, besides the increase in gore, I've noticed over the years how the focus has turned. You go back and look at the early Universal Studio movies and, You know, you got the mummy that has got one arm, you know, they can't use the other one that's extended and he's dragging one of his feet, but he can always catch uh, the women who are running from him. Uh, How does that work? Uh, But, you know, it went from that where you had these impersonal inhuman monsters to they began to make it more and more personal, more and more visceral. They started showing it from the perspective of the killer. The killers became the heroes. Uh, You know, you're seeing that in everything. Um, you know whether you're talking about horror films or slasher films, or you're talking about superhero films, they're making the uh, even Disney, especially Disney, you know, going back and redoing uh, their older films that were very successful, redoing them with the villain in the lead, and making it about that. That's now uh, with the, the the progression that we've taken. So this Russian lawmaker called for unconventional approaches. He said in the Russian city um, of uh, Pereslavl. Zaleski, piles of pumpkins were put on display to celebrate Russian Harvest Day. So he proposed replacing Halloween with a traditional harvest festival. And um, <laughs> one of us, I said, uh, Jesus says, I see what you're doing there. You're calling it a fall festival. You're really doing Halloween there uh, with the kids. But um, you know, it is big business, and it's been big business for a long time, even before Hollywood got into it. As the New York Times points out. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made by being a witch. And now you can do it on Etsy and on TikTok. But of course, you know, people are always making a lot of money uh, doing fortune telling and psychic readings and tarot cards and all the rest of the stuff. And now they have um, set up shop on TikTok and Etsy as well. 36,000 Etsy sellers offering psychic readings and paraphernalia, enchanted candles, apothecary kits, ritual oils, voodoo dolls, Uh, But again, this has been a big part of uh, Hollywood, and especially Disney, for a very long time. Uh, But there's some things that, if we want to move to a fall festival or some other things, a lot of churches uh, celebrate and have a celebration of Reformation Day, because it was October 31st that Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the church door at Wittenberg, Germany. And uh, he did it in protest, so this became known as a Protestant, but is also part of a Reformation that he thought needed to be changed. Uh, So it was his arguments. A lot of it had to do with um, our relationship to God, what saves us, what is um, our authority as Christians. Do we take our authority from uh, individuals or organizations or institutions, or do we look at the Bible solely? And so that was a big part of it. Uh, especially because in 1517, 506 years ago, in 1517, uh, with the advent of the printing press, it was now possible for people to actually get the Bible. And so they said, well, that needs to be our source of authority uh, to go direct instead of going through individuals who are going to tell us, uh, like Fauci does, I am science. You had people who were saying, I am God to you. It's really what a vicar Uh, really kind of means. It means... uh, you know somebody that is vicariously uh, God, representing to you. So it was that it was uh, Scripture alone, Christ alone, grace and faith alone, God's glory alone. That was what he was uh, focused on. So a lot of people will talk about uh, October thirty first as Reformation Day. As I pointed out in this article, it also had a uh, big political uh, issues with it it's because again, politics is downstream from what you believe about God, and if you uh, don't have that belief about God, you wind up having people rule over you who think and act as if they were God. And so the types of things that we see with free speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of conscience, uh, these were all things that came about as people started moving away from an arbitrary academia that's going to uh, define for us what truth is, what religion is, what God is. Like, no, we're going to have a separate authority. And these are the people who started to create the rule of law, who, because they endured religious persecution, because the government and religion were tied together, there's a great deal of religious persecution. So they said, we're going to have freedom, free expression of religion. It's uh, the basis of this country, what this country was really founded on, really. Not the 1619 Project. And then there's something else, as I mentioned before, something that I was not aware of. I thought it was very strange. Vincent van Gogh. On October the 31st, um, well, actually, it was this week. It was October the 29th. Back in 1876, he preached his first sermon. Did you know that he did a brief stint as a pastor? And I mean a very brief stint. Uh, they Evidently, he thought it was a great um, uh, experience. He loved it, but the people there didn't love it. And he kind of washed out of that. Perhaps he began by saying, lend me your ears. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but again, (laughs) he did it for about six months and they said, that's enough. And, uh, so he wrote a a, a letter to his brother. Uh, he was very excited about it. He said, when I stood in the pulpit, I felt like someone emerging from a dark underground vault into the friendly daylight. And it's a wonderful thought that from now on, wherever I go, I'll be preaching the gospel to do that. Well, one must have the gospel in his heart. May he bring this about. God says, "Let there be light," and there is light. He wrote. He says, "You know enough of the world, Theo, to see how a poor preacher stands rather alone, as far as the world is concerned. But he can awaken in us more and more awareness and firmness of faith. And yet, I am not alone because the Father is with me." Well, the evangelical group fired him, and he became a painter. Very disturbed life, of course, and. I had never realized. I I really don't know a great deal about his uh, his life. Um, It's it's uh, never was involved in uh, art. Um, It was always about music. So about the only thing I know about (laughs) Vincent Van Gogh's life is Don McLean's song, and and it always struck me as he was worshiping the wrong person. You know, it really was about worshiping Vincent Van Gogh. Which again, if Vincent Van Gogh was a believer, he would not be happy with that either. Uh, so I always thought that um, the beautiful song by Don McLean, Vincent, I thought that was a misplaced worship. I actually uh, wrote my own lyrics to it, but um, uh, that focused on Jesus and not on Vincent. But I was actually amazed that he was uh, did a stint as a preacher. And then the final one here uh, on October the thirtieth, the term Quaker was first used for the group called the Society of Friends. That's what they called themselves, the Society of Friends. And, of course, they were not allowed, and they were persecuted because the government and religion had merged into one. I've talked many times about William Penn and how he was persecuted. He was a Quaker, and, um, you know, they first they padlocked the door, then they arrested people. When they continued to meet on the streets, they arrested William Penn. And put him in, and then they told the jury to convict him. And clearly, he had violated the law. There was no question about it. Uh, you will not meet, and this this church is illegal. You know, just like what uh, Zelensky is doing in Ukraine. Yeah, we're returning to that. Our our little surrogate there, our little puppet Zelensky that we give so much money to. He's in there banning a church, and why? Because he's got his own official state church. You see. He's created the official state church of Ukraine because he doesn't want them looking at the culture of the Russians, just as the Russians said, well, let's have our little Halloween festivals and our Halloween fun and scary stories and stuff like that, but let's not call it Halloween because that's Western. Well, Zelensky is saying the same thing about the Russian Orthodox Church that for centuries uh, the Orthodox Church in Ukraine has had a uh, Russian head of it. And so they got to ban that. And uh, so, you know, the. The uh, English were doing the same thing with the Quakers. And part of that trial, William Penn's trial, you had the jury foreman, Edward Bushnell. uh, And the jury said, well, um, yeah, he violated the law, no question about that, but we don't like this law. And so they let him go. It's called jury nullification. And so then the judge was angry. He threw the foreman of the jury and the number two guy on the jury, threw them in jail. And they were in jail for a while, and then they got their lawyer to say, habeas corpus, habeas corpus uh, produce a law that says that the, juries, that the jury cannot nullify laws. And the judge couldn't do it, so I had to let him go. So it established that jury nullification was legal, and it established that um, that, uh, you know, that, that was something that was a part of our system, the primacy of juries. But, of course, William Penn then goes to America so they can have religious freedom, founds Pennsylvania. But uh, the Quaker term, 1650, uh, George Fox, a man who founded the Society of Friends, was brought before the judge for violating uh, the law that prohibited them from religious freedom, and he was charged with blasphemy. Uh, so Fox quoted Isaiah 66, 2, he urged the judge to tremble at the Word of God, and the judge, in mockery, called him a Quaker. That's where that term comes from. Now see if we move forward to today, Hillary and Obama would call you uh, Hillary would call you deplorable. Obama would call you a bitter clinger. Uh, Trump would say, "You're not essential. Close your church." <laughs> uh, but this judge says, "Oh yeah, you want me to tremble before God. Well, I guess you are a Quaker, but I'm not. Uh, so uh, Charles uh, Spurgeon, the Baptist preacher who was very famous during Victorian times, said for many years, Fox kept a journal. 200 years after his death, uh, Spurgeon addressed a body of Quakers, and he said, that journal is a rich mine.
3: With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
8: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
6: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Every page of it is precious as solid gold. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Seat. telling the truth is a revolutionary act you're listening to the David Knight Show
7: sometimes your day needs a little smoothing check out the jazz channel at apsradio.com and the APS radio app and leave the stress behind
2: let's well, see so we got some comments here uh, guard goldsmith good to see you guard and thank you so much for the tip I appreciate that And he thanks me. Uh, Well, thank you very much. And um, and he says, uh, thank you for a fact-packed, fantastic month, David. And cheers to the Knights, to all the Knight family. Uh, Angry Tiger, thank you very much for the tip. He said, David, if you've ever witnessed real violence or smelled human blood, because there was so much of it, all this gore stuff is disgusting. Yeah, I find that I don't have any, um, even though I've not been in a situation like that, i uh, not been in a battle or any anything like that um, or even working uh, as Handy has as an ambulance driver. Um, as I get older, uh, I just don't have the patience for that. It really does disgust me, and I don't see a celebration of death as I get older. Uh, I want to celebrate life. Uh, Duke Newcomb, uh, thank you for the tip. He says, cheers, David. Thanks for all your devotion, hard work, and processing, making sense of the evil that daunts and haunts us on this day of spookiness <laughs> thank you very much uh andromeda one thank you for the tip i appreciate that uh david the people are so easily manipulated and buying every government lie it's amazing and sad and uh, thank you she says or or he uh, andromeda male or female um uh anthony thank you for matching the funds today yes thank you very much anything i appreciate that um Some of the other uh, comments that are there that we haven't gotten to, a couple of them on oil because I was talking about the oil stuff. Christian constitutional conservative said, this whole oil theater is a con game. The U.S. has its own oil supply that's not being cultivated and used for the people. Exactly. You know, why do we have to go over there? Well, again, it it is part and parcel of their global empire regime. It's not enough for them to be in power. They've got to control everybody and everything. And that ought to really scare us because they are creating the tools to do that to us internally. Uh, the U.S. has its own oil supply It's not being cultivated or used. This is all about financially busting out the commoners so we can't reproduce. I agree. It's a weapon. Three Little Birds uh, says our oil is all that values our dollar. We start using our oil and the cost of oil will inflate and the Federal Reserve notes become toilet paper. Yeah, well, everybody recognizes them as toilet paper at that point because that is a con game, isn't it? Nick Ellenbecker. This is why voting is an absolute waste of time. Both sides work together to grow the government and power on the backs of everyday people. Audi Modern Retro Radio says Congress allocates funds using the Federal Reserve model. It's invisible. It's non-existent. It's funny money that's laundered back to the corrupt politicians who approve the spending. They're absolutely not hiding it anymore. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's take a look at some of the uh, tech news. Um, Neuralink is uh, in the news again because, you know, the FDA just, no, oh, yeah, sure, we'll give you proof of that. We don't care. And there's some horrific stuff that happened with the monkeys. Um, as uh, Futurism says, uh, Neuralink really doesn't want you to see what these chips did to the monkeys' brains. The behind-the-scenes details of their grizzly monkey experiments keep getting worse. Now a follow-up investigation by Wired reveals that Neuralink implants deformed and ruptured the brain of one female macaw after an experiment caused severe cerebral swelling. After noting the severity of the brain swelling, the researchers realized the primate was terminal, but instead of easing its suffering, the scientists overseeing the experiment insisted that the monkey be kept alive another day. In the final 24 hours, it was torturous. According to documents obtained by Wired, The monkey seized and vomited and lost control of her right leg and shook uncontrollably. It also appeared to have trouble breathing, scratching at its throat, gasping for air. So are there any human volunteers out there for this? I mean, (laughs) Musk is looking for human volunteers at this stage in time. I mean, it's the same type of thing that you see with Fauci and his shots and all the rest of this stuff. These people are across the board. They're mad scientists who have absolutely no compassion for any living thing. The effects are so severe that the rear of the monkey's brain protruded from its skull. Though how the cavity was created is unclear. So uh, they said that um, uh, they have pushed the norms of these experiments to the uh, extreme, leveraged aggressive tactics to keep this research quiet. For example... Even though the brain-rupturing incident with the monkey was acknowledged as a violation of U.S. Animal Welfare Act by federal regulators, Wired said that they preempted being legally implicated because they self-reported the violation. So there's all these uh, little uh, legal tricks that they can play to keep it quiet. If you want to split hairs, said an anonymous former Neuralink employee told Wired, if you want to split hairs, the implant itself didn't cause death. We sacrificed her to end her suffering. After they kept her going for uh, another uh, 24 hours of suffering, said, well, you know, technically it didn't kill her. We killed her. Well, no, I think if you got your brain protruding through the skull, maybe a Uh, that did the only scratches this only scratches the surface of the legal tricks being used with whole potentially damning photos Uh, just like big pharma they play all kinds of tricks and of course just like they give this type of power to the pharmaceutical companies so you don't have to report this you don't have to report that i remember you know we talked about uh, the fact that because it was this, this, the lipid nanoparticles and everything were going to be encapsulated in polyethylene glycol, pegylated, P-E-G, that uh, immediately you had people at uh, RFK Jr.'s organization said, well, that's going to cause people to go into anaphylactic shock. A lot of people have an allergy to that stuff. Now, polyethylene glycol, very similar to antifreeze, said a lot of people are going to go into anaphylactic shock. So they called the FDA. The FDA said, well, you know, tell Pfizer. We don't care. And of course, Pfizer doesn't care because they're not going to be held responsible. And, um, Neuralink is going to just continue on with this. The most important argument used by UC Davis is that the public is simply unequipped to properly interpret the photographs. You're just too stupid to understand what's going on. Well, maybe we are too stupid to understand what's going on uh, because they're able to continue to pull this stuff on us. Um, my son says, maybe the monkeys were just killed by COVID. It's a coincidence that they died after getting the implants. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's truly amazing. And, and I got obsolete man, 1776. If they're telling us that 4 million people came across the border, you could double it. Oh, it's it's got to be much, much higher than that because those are the people that, uh, first of all, that they'll tell us about, but for, it's also the ones that they caught and then released. Yeah, it is uh, definitely going to be much worse than that. Let's take a quick look at um, uh, the elections. Um, As I said before, it is amazing to me to see how this is being pushed by the mainstream media. The headline here from uh, The Hill, time is running out for the GOP's Trump alternatives, even though we're months away from the very first votes. Like I said, you want an analogy to this? It's like ESPN going out and picking the Super Bowl winner during preseason even before preseason starts even before pre- preseason would be the polls um maybe you know the early early polls but you know we're going to pick the super bowl winner and just all the rest of you go home right now we've got months we're months away there's been no debate or discussion of any issues really uh, by trump who is so far ahead of course that's one of the reasons You know, he doesn't have to get people upset by talking about issues. He can just talk about himself and how he's being victimized. And, of course, the Democrats know this. James Carville said when there was talk that they were going to impeach Biden, he said, how did we get this lucky? That's going to be great for us. People on their side, their base, sees impeachment as a political targeting. And so it only makes Trump more popular. They know that. And now they're out there saying that everybody else needs to get out. But, of course, there's not really anybody that is running that really wants to uh, talk about the issues anyway. And they're pushing Nuki Haley. And that tells you that, um, you know, it's the military industrial complex and those people who are the ones who are really writing the articles. No debates. Uh, We're just going to have Trump trials and Trump tirades. That's the way we're going to run the election and uh, so to bolster this uh, the hill says well candidates have been dropping out for the entire month of october we've had these really big candidates like will Hurd. you've heard of will Hurd, right no of course you haven't heard of him the cia agent who got in. he was never going to go anywhere montana secretary of state Corey stapleton a businessman perry johnson they've all gotten out you know and then one person that you probably have heard of larry elder they've all quit with just last couple of weeks so everybody needs to get out right now clear the way for trump Pence uh, got out. Of course, he was never really in. He was always just a dead man walking. Uh, but now they're relentlessly pushing Nuki Haley. Uh, and um, uh, you know Trump is uh, basking in the glory of political persecution. He loves it when they come after him. Uh, but Nuki Haley, again, as I pointed out earlier, she's just now filed in South Carolina where she was governor to run for president. This is how early the process is. And so now they're saying, oh, well, CBS is pushing this and, and how uh, experienced she is and how um, uh, she is uh, the one to be taken early. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, CBS is pushing this because this is a, she's a military industrial corporation candidate if ever there was one. Chris Christie says the GOP needs to get rid of Donald Trump because he can't beat Biden from a courtroom. Well, I don't know, maybe he can. I think it makes him even more, poor. again, he doesn't have to talk about any issues, and people can just project onto him whatever they think. He said, I wouldn't count on anything from Donald Trump except one thing you can always count on. He'll lie to get himself ahead. He will always put himself first before any interest and certainly before our country and Israel. Israel? How did that get in there? He's is he running for president of Israel? Well, I guess so. You know, every president, any president of America isn't a president of Israel, I guess. Uh, do we even have a country here? You know, 4 million people coming in. Yeah, they're they're destroying the country right under our noses. They don't care at all about this. He says Trump never finishes what he started. He was going to build a wall across the entire border, of the U.S. and Mexico. He built 52 miles of new wall in four years. He said he was going to balance the budget. He added $7.8 trillion in debt. That's the only thing that Chris Christie sees that happened in 2020 was the debt. He doesn't see how they strangled Main Street America. He doesn't see the jab. He doesn't see the lies, the mandates, the rest of this stuff. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. In the same way he said he's going to bring peace to the Middle East, he didn't do that because he didn't finish the job. He said, look, if if he couldn't do it in the first term with good people, good people? Chris Christie thinks that Trump hired good people. Even Trump's defenders say that his picks for his cabinet were awful. So what does that tell you? How does that excuse him? I don't understand it. He made horrible picks. Uh, Trump is not going to be able to beat Joe Biden from a courtroom in Washington, D.C., said Chris Christie. Well, he's fighting his indictment on the January 6th case. And let me tell you, uh, that indictment, got much tougher for him to beat when his own chief of staff has now accepted immunity and will testify against him about the lies that he told in the aftermath of January 6th than what he was told by his own people about the fact that he had lost the election. Nothing is going to change the MAGA people. Nothing you can say about that is going to change them. However, it's going to increase the opposition and the turnout for the Democrats, and it will have an effect on the independents. Uh, That is absolutely for sure. So the uh, hill also says five things you need to know about Trump's 14th amendment disqualification trial in Colorado. So this is a trial that has commenced in Colorado to uh, see if they can keep him off the ballot because the 14th amendments insurrection clause that was put in in 1868, three years after the civil war ended, they wanted to make sure the people who had been uh, part of the Confederacy were not able to hold federal office. But of course, they really didn't um, they didn't punish anybody for the insurrection either. Uh, you know, they didn't put people in jail for 20, 30 years or more. Uh, because again, they didn't want a civil war. These people are doing it because they do want a civil war now. They didn't want to continue the civil war. So the insurrection and its definition is at the center of all this. Just remember, there's two things you need to remember about 2020. Uh, there was no panic. Uh, I, there's, there's a lot of panic. There was no pandemic and there was no insurrection. And I know we're talking about what happened in January the 6th of 2021, but it was really a buildup in 2020. Uh, there was no insurrection and there was no pandemic, but we also had no constitution either. That's the most important thing to remember about 2020. No pandemic, no insurrection, no constitution. It's a constitution-free zone on the part of everybody. we're going to lock you down. We don't care about your protected free speech. You have a right to redress your grievances. Uh, We're going to rig the election and Trump's got some new ways to rig the election, but then it backfires on him and, uh, and we're supposed to care. So in this trial, Eric Swalwell, who is still a Congressman uh, is going to be taking the stand. He is or already dead. Uh, Even as he is a sitting lawmaker, that typically doesn't happen. And he testified about, as The Hill puts it, his harrowing timeline of January the 6th. You know, he died along with, um, uh, (laughs) see, they all died. It it was so scary. Um, If looks could have killed, it would have been him. And so the Colorado judge is Sarah Wallace. And uh, this is, uh, she will be the one who decides the case's outcome. There will be no jury because, again, we have removed the foundations of our society. The legal foundations, the rule of law, the Constitution, trial by jury, not going to have any of that stuff. They don't even bother to pretend anymore. They don't even bother to call the jury in and tell them, now you can't nullify what I'm doing here. You know, you've you got to do everything that I say. You can judge the facts of the case, but you can't judge the law or any of the rest of the stuff. No, they don't even bother to lie to the jury. They don't have a jury anymore. At the start of the trial yesterday morning, Judge Wallace denied Trump's motion to recuse herself from the case. His lawyers cited a donation that she made to the Colorado Turnout Project, a political action committee focused on electing Democrats. And uh, she said, no, nah, nah, I'm not going to recuse myself. She said, listen to this. This is even more amusing. The judge, the Democrat activist judge in Colorado, said to this day, I have formed no opinion whether the events on January the 6th constituted an insurrection or whether intervener Trump engaged in an insurrection, she said. Well, I guess she's the only person in the U.S. that hasn't formed an opinion one way or the other about that thing. That's just absurd. Just absurd. And this is what keeps making him more and more popular because he can play the victim, the martyr. He doesn't have to talk about policies. He doesn't have to debate anybody else. He doesn't have to defend his record. It's all just about him being a victim. Meanwhile, in the case that is going on in Manhattan, uh, they uh, interviewed Eric Trump. Uh, Eric, along with his uh, father and his brother, stand to get fined millions of dollars, maybe have their business dissolved. And so um, he was... um, Uh, He was speaking um, to a reporter, I think. He said, uh, you know, this is all extremely inconsistent with what my role in the company was. Listen to how he describes his role and his deposition. Uh, He says, I don't remember this. I'm not on here. I never signed this document. And he says, I don't recall this. I pour concrete. that's what eric trump does he gets paid millions of dollars to pour concrete the highest paid concrete worker in the world that's a that you got to respect that you know he's a real builder i pour concrete i manage properties i don't focus on appraisals it's not what i do in my day-to-day responsibilities um the <laughs> so uh don jr had uh, said um um, you know, he's another one that was uh, there and, um, um, uh, each of these guys are making, uh, a couple million dollars a year, uh, to pour concrete, I guess. Uh, one person, um, looking at this says, well, I don't think Eric was uh, pouring concrete last time they had a new project was 2008. Uh, by the way, he should be pouring concrete if he's making that much money. So exactly what was he doing? Uh, But again, if we want to get into the details of this case and why it is there, it is uh, yet another example of how they're making Trump a martyr out of this. Everybody sees what they're doing, and uh, nobody sees what Trump has done. That's the key thing. Uh, But Trump wants to be more of a martyr. He is demanding that they have uh, cameras in the courtroom. Uh, Merrick Garland does not. The Department of Justice is fighting this. As Julie Kelly pointed out, she said, pandemic-era rules enable the public to access hearings by telephone during the early stages of the Department of Justice's prosecution of protesters at the Capitol. But as the first jury trials commenced in the spring of 2022, phone-in lines for most D.C. courtrooms were shut down. Of course, Julie Kelly has been on the spot. She's gone in person to report on this. Very few people have. The blackout is, of course, by design, had Americans witnessed the shameful behavior of federal prosecutors, and Julie Kelly did, and judges in January 6 proceedings, a revolt would be underway. Uh, Well, I don't know. I think maybe we've gotten so passive that nobody really cares. But how is Trump responding? He wants to perform for the cameras. And, uh, again, he is in an argument now with Bill Barr, who went on to... um, um, a program at the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics. And the moderator there asked Bill Barr about some of Trump's recent comments. He says, do you think that uh, Trump is starting to lose it? Because he's getting increasingly strident and angry with all of these trials. And so Bill Barr said, uh, if you get him away from very, 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 you know, the adjectives that are unfamiliar to him, He said they sort of spill out and he goes too far. He's not very disciplined when it comes to what he says. Well, that infuriated Trump. And so he responded by saying, rhino, rhino, (laughs) just to kind of underscore the fact that he really is not very disciplined and he doesn't have much of a vocabulary. Uh, So (laughs) he's somebody who couldn't do the job. Well, then why did you hire him? Did you not know who this guy was? Yeah, Did he not know who Rex Tillerson was? Did he not know uh, who Cohen was from Goldman Sachs? Did he not know who Steve Mnuchin was? Did he not know these generals that he put in charge of everything? Did he not know that Bill Barr was deep CIA and Bush family? Did he not know that, that he's part of the Bush mafia family? He didn't understand that? You know, he rebuilt, Bush Barr rebuilt the CIA after it was devastated in the wake of the church hearings along with George H.W. Bush, somebody that there's very good evidence that was always a part of the CIA but undercover, um, and even underscored by the fact, you know, again, you look at the uh, Cuban missile crisis, you know, the couple of ships there, one of them was uh, named Barbara, another one was named Zapata, you yeah. know his wife, his oil company, and they named the ships after, but he had nothing to do with any of that. And he hadn't been working with the CIA, of course, but just out of the blue, they picked this guy to run the CIA and rebuild it after, you know, they had, uh, kind of exposed the family jewels there in the, uh, church committee hearings and created the uh, FISA act. And so, uh, George HW Bush brought, Bill Barr along with them to help him do that at the CIA. And then when Bush becomes president, he brings Bill Barr in as the youngest attorney general that ever had. Uh, Trump didn't know any of that. He promoted Bill Barr just like he promoted Gina Haspel, who lied us into the Iraq war using torture, lies about weapons of mass destruction. No, he put Bill Barr in there. and What was the thing that Bill Barr did immediately? Within a week or so, he had... uh, he moved after Julian Assange. And, of course, Trump's not going to do anything to uh, make sure that Julian Assange is not prosecuted, or even more importantly than Julian Assange, that the First Amendment isn't killed as well, because that's what they're trying to do with Julian Assange. Trump let him, uh, let Bill Barr come after Julian Assange and the First Amendment. And so, the, you know, the best that you could say is that uh, about Trump is that he apparently has absolutely no vetting skills when he hires people. So what's he going to do when he becomes president again? You know, who's he going to hire? Well, that was part of the argument that Chris Christie was saying. He said, he's already gone through all the good people, like, you know, Bill Barr. It's like, really? Uh, Yeah, who's he going to hire? Well, Trump uh, spoke to the Republican Jewish Coalition Conference, which I played a little clip of Mike Johnson speaking to them. And he had to do something to show that he is even tougher uh, on Israel's enemies than the other guys who all spoke. Uh, interesting that uh, Ramaswamy did not back down from saying that he was going to cut uh, uh, funding to Israel. He got booed for that. Uh, but uh, again, I'm not a supporter of, of uh, Vivek. Uh, but, um, you know, you got to say, it's, it's, uh, he's, he stuck to what he was going to say. Uh, but anyway so Trump has got to ramp it up he's got to say something that's more controversial than other people so he says uh, um, he vowed to spill quote a gallon of blood if a single American is killed in Israel if once I get reelected I thought I wonder how much blood the typical person has (laughs) it's about a one and a quarter to one and a half gallons of blood so if uh, one person is killed he's going to kill somebody else uh, is what he's saying a gallon of blood again illustrating the point (laughs) that bill bar was saying he's inarticulate he doesn't know what to say and the best thing that could ever happen to him is what the democrats are doing he doesn't have to talk except about how he's being uh, victimized so he made bold statements about what he would do once he was reelected including utterly decimating hamas and ramping up full military might against israel's enemies and anyone who dares to challenge the US. And of course, he's gonna lock up all of his enemies this time. He ran as a peacemaker in 2016. Now he's running as a warmonger. He said, when I'm back in the White House, the US will stand with Israel all the way without hesitation, without qualification, without apology. We will fully support the Israelis and their mission to ensure that Hamas is decimated and these atrocities will be avenged and they will be avenged. Again, why is anybody talking about the leadership? living in luxury condos in Qatar, Qatar, right? Why why are they not talking about that? When I'm back in the White House, America's enemies will now, once again, and they're going to know it, that if you try to kill our citizens, we will kill you, we will kill you, if you spill a drop of American blood, oh, a drop, we will spill a gallon of yours. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, So, Wine Press has a commentary. So, once again, said Wine Press, once again, statements like this only go to prove that Trump is like all the rest of them. And his comments are no better or different than that of the neocons who have an insatiable bloodlust for killing and profiting from it. And it speaks volumes when Trump protests the Republican National Convention debates, the RNC debates, by not participating, but then shows up for this and then regurgitates the same talking points that all of his neocon rivals were said before him on the stage. Trump is not the anti-war candidate that he framed himself to be in 2016. His propagandists still say that he is. Yeah. Oh, he's going to bring us peace, right? Just like he was going to end Afghanistan war and the Iraq war and all these other wars. He was going to end them. He didn't do any of that. Matter of fact, he snuck troops into Syria to take the oil, right? As he said, Trump under his administration by 2018, listen to this, was dropping a bomb every 12 minutes on innocent men, women, and children, according to Pentagon documents, every 12 minutes. That's how many bombs were dropped during the Trump administration. Peace lover, right? Just like Obama. Yeah, the only difference between them is that the leftists didn't give him a Nobel Peace Prize like they did Obama as soon as he took office. Uh, funding billions of dollars in arms deals to Saudi Arabia in 2017 so that they and the UAE could fight the Houthis and Yemen fighting on the side of Al-Qaeda. Uh, Trump would then later veto a bill in 2019 that would have stopped the arms support for this heinous war. And it gave even more weapons to the Saudis in a war that the UN has declared to be the worst humanitarian crisis to date. And then Trump gave weapons to Ukraine so that their neo-Nazi regime could attack and kill the pro-Russian separatists in Donbass. Yeah, remember that? When, um, you know, you had uh, before, um, before Putin invaded, you know, it was 2014 when the Obama administration engineered that coup in Ukraine. And then Trump takes over three years later and uh, through his um, entire administration, that he is uh, uh, supporting the continuous shelling of um, civilians in Ukraine by the uh, Zelensky government. In January 2020, right before the COVID war propaganda was launched, Trump, by his command, had Iran's top major general, Soleimani assassinated and, um, Pompeo. So the time that, um, uh, that Soleimani was actively plotting in the region, to take action, big action, as he described it, uh, Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary at the time for Trump, she's now back at Fox news, boasted that the killing was quote, the greatest foreign policy accomplishment. I would say of the decade if not of our lifetime, an assassination of a general. So it doesn't matter who the president is, says uh, Wine Press. Washington's bloody, murderous war party and Uniparty will keep running it as normal. The only thing that changes is the spin that the current administration puts on it. And again, we see that with the um, installation, we should say, of Mike Johnson as speaker, nothing changes for the war party. Meanwhile, with Biden, you've got 82,000 pages of Joe Biden emails that used pseudonyms. Synonyms. Pseudonyms. Uh, synonyms. <laughs> pseudonyms. And a um, uh, total that potentially dwarfs the amount that landed Hillary Clinton in hot water a decade ago. But of course, nothing happened to her. Nothing will happen to Joe Biden either. Uh, it was a scandal when Lisa Jackson of the Obama administration's EPA was using. Emails with pseudonyms on it. But, um, and she kind of resigned because of that. But now, evidently, this is a standard practice and nobody's going to pay for it. This was something that was turned up with a FOIA lawsuit. Because, again, the way that you can get these organizations to comply with the FOIA law is to sue them to compel them to do it. This is from the National Archives and Records Administration. And uh, as they looked through it, um, 82,000 pages. Uh, So, again, uh, nothing changes with these people. Atomic Dog, thank you very much for the uh, tip. He says, with Christ in your heart and the Holy Spirit on your tongue, your words help me point my moral compass in the right direction. Well, thank you very much. I I appreciate that. Um, You know, it's one of the things that Anthony said, he said, um, uh, I want to thank you for helping to firm up my faith, my Christian faith. And it's like, I'll say the same thing that Pastor said to me, he said, you know, God used an ass to speak to Balaam, and he's used many (laughs) asses since then to speak to people. I'm just another one of them in a long line if I say that. But um, thank you so much. That's very kind. Uh, Rick Sanchez, New Mexico. Thank you very much. Uh, Rick Bot on Odyssey says, hello, world. Odyssey is your redheaded stepchild. Why not enable cash tips on Odyssey? We should, I guess. I don't know. I need to... Ask the guys. Um, Travis is gone right now. I need to figure out why, why we don't do that. Um, I like Odyssey. Uh, I like Odyssey and Rumble and BitChute, all of them. And, uh, again, thank you very much, Anthony, for matching the tips. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick break. And, um, well, before we do, uh, Lala Harris traveled to Australia Uh, I don't know why she was there. Uh, Typically, the vice presidents don't do anything except to 10 funerals. I don't know if anybody died except from the vaccines. They pretend that didn't happen. But while she was there, she praised the gun confiscation in Australia. Uh, She met with the Australian prime minister. And as the um, shooting happened in Maine, She said, gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. Let us be clear. It doesn't have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated when they confiscated the stuff. The government said it was running a buyback program, but the report said Australian citizens who refused to surrender their weapons to the mandatory buyback were identified by gun cops who went door to door to confiscate their weapons, uh, which is what she would like to do, which is what uh, Joe Biden has uh, said he has the power to do. And, of course, as I mentioned before, uh, they really do hate Mike Johnson, not because of war. He's with him on the war stuff. What Jen Psaki, the previous uh, White House press secretary, said, uh, she is now on um, mainstream media. I think maybe she's got a regular gig or maybe she was a guest. But she called out um, uh, Mike uh, Johnson for being a Christian. That's the problem they got with him. It isn't his... um, his theology, but uh, the fact that he's a Christian. A clip of Johnson where he says, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. Somebody asked me, you know, uh, what do you think about any issue under the sun? He says, well, go pick a Bible up off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. So her response to that was, well, you heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview. It is his worldview. He's divisive. Well, for once in her life, Jen Psaki is saying the truth. It is divisive. Talk about that. Um, you know, politics is divisive. Religion is divisive. But again, uh, just as uh, we mentioned before on Reformation Day, that key thing, and it wasn't uh, Martin Luther who said it; it was really Christ who said it. You know, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Uh, and so that was one of the five onlys of the Reformation. And we understand that's going to be an offense to be. He's a Christian fundamentalist she said and um and so she says that 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 makes him bigoted uh so um gateway pundit says well it shows that she's an anti-christian bigot quite frankly open discrimination based on his faith which is by the way the guardian came after him for defending uh, the ark experience in kentucky so this is um a tax rebate that's given to all of uh, anybody that opens up a tourist attraction, they had agreed to do it for that ARC experience. And then the Democrat governor said, "You're well, because you're Christians and because you're hiring Christians only, uh, we're not going to let you have that. It's like you don't have any reason to say that, to discriminate against people because of their worldview. Uh, no matter what happens, these Satanists in the Biden administration— Who have no problem mutilating children, no problem murdering babies with abortion, and no problem starting wars everywhere. The one thing they've got an issue with.
3: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes.
2: is his uh, being a Christian. And uh, they don't have a problem with his uh, bad theology about war either, we'll be right back. David Knight show
7: APS radio delivers multiple channels of music right to your mobile device get the APS radio app today and listen wherever you go
2: and again we want to thank APS for uh, sponsoring the show some degree helping us with this and um, of course um, they have a news channel as well as uh, some music channels as you hear there um Angry Tiger, turbo cancer all of a sudden in the mainstream news articles. And, of course, no mention of the jab. No, they will not talk about that. Uh, Three Little birds says silver will be currency, gold will be a store of wealth. That's a good way to put it. It really is. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, People have no fight left. Compliance to COVID tyranny proved that. was uh, that was the test let's take a look at climate of course because that's where people want to go and it's gotten very crazy uh, lately Um, here we are at the Louvre and these are people attacking the Louvre because of climate you know all of those paintings that are polluting the world I guess it's they really got an issue with paintings don't they they like to throw stuff on paintings and glue themselves to paintings and now they want to Attack the Louvre there in Paris. Uh, These people are absolutely crazy. They're throwing paint on the building. Uh, What a bunch of deluded losers. And uh, typically young, right? Because they've been taught this in school. That's uh, what they learn in school. Uh, I like this comment that somebody put up about that. Uh, Said, uh, there it is, it says, uh, uh, in two panels, "Uh, Doctor, I'm depressed because of the weather in 30 years. What the weather's going to be like in 30 years. And the doctor says, have you tried super gluing yourself to the street? <laughs> Pretty much explains it, doesn't it? Well, you know, again, uh, what is the weather going to be like in 30 years? We don't know. These people don't know what the weather's going to be like in 30 days. And yet they make all these projections, predictions. It's ridiculous. So I pointed out, you know, when I went to the American Meteorological Association, they had their convention in Austin one year and I went to it and You know, I mean, everybody's working on just trying to figure out what the temperature is going to be in the next few days. Is it going to rain? What's the temperature going to be? They've all got uh, models, and they're talking about how their model uh, doesn't work with this, and they're giving presentations about it. And so Soros had a group there that was lecturing them and said, you know, you weathermen, you've got a lot of influence on people. You need to start telling everybody uh, that global warming is real because they'll listen to you. It's like how you and, and they had up there on their chart said most weathermen don't most meteorologists do not believe this. Of course they don't because they can't accurately predict the weather a few days in advance. Well, 2023, looking back um, so far in hindsight, is a year of record cold temperatures, but the media are silent," says David Craig of the Daily Skeptic. And again, remember, uh, we've had global cooling. That was the original lie. Uh, with the first Earth Day back in 1970. Then uh, within about seven or eight che- years, they went 180 degrees away, said, no, it's going to be global warming and we're all going to die. But they had exactly the same, you know, you got to get rid of people. It was always about depopulation. It was about depopulation before it was about global warming. It was about depopulation when it became global, uh, when it was global cooling and then still went to global warming, still about Depopulation. Then they just changed it to climate change. Somehow it's going to change. We don't know, and we're you know, we're all going to die. But we got to kill people before we all die. It's always about depopulation. It's the one thing that's consistent about this, and about taking everything away from us. In 2022, UN Secretary Antonio Guterres warned us that it was quote code red for humanity. Well, he's right about that, but he said it was due to supposed global warming by human emissions. Uh, This summer, we're told that July was the hottest on record, and we've been deluged with reports of apocalyptic wildfires in the Mediterranean, Spain, Greece, Italy, in the U.S., Hawaii, Canada, etc. So perhaps Mr. Gutierrez was uh, right. No, because if you look at, if you Google the term 2023 record cold, you get, and they have pages of uh, things that happened that were record cold in 2023 google's just not keeping up you know google was originally a search engine now it's designed to hide things and they should be this is one of the things that they need to hide they need to hide the fact that we had i'll just give you a couple of examples an astonishing negative 62.4 degrees centigrade in siberia january the 14th in addition to becoming the earth's coldest temperature recorded in 2023 they broke the all-time station record in fe- on February the fourth, 2023. The Halifax Airport in Nova Scotia saw the coldest wind chills ever recorded. Temperatures plummeted to minus 45 degrees Fahrenheit, which tops the previous record of 40 minus 41 degrees centigrade. Uh, so it was minus um, it was um, uh, minus 43 degrees centigrade. Uh, so two degrees centigrade below what they'd had in 1967. The UK on Tuesday, March the 7th, braved its coldest night of 2023 with temperature dropping to below minus 15 degrees centigrade in several regions. In February, the summit of Mount Washington in New Hampshire reported a wind chill low of minus 78 degrees centigrade, minus 108 Fahrenheit. The coldest temperature ever recorded in the United States. And so, um, in spite of the warnings of planetary overheating from Mr. Guterres and the climate, and it goes on for a couple more pages, it seems, says the Daily Skeptic, that this year's record cold temperatures have been recorded on every continent, but our rulers and their obedient mainstream media hyperventilate and panic, bombarding us with their many stories of this year's supposed record hot temperatures and the Earth on fire, apparently caused by man-made global warming. No, what it is is, <laughs> I'll pull this up. It's the MacGuffin, the McGuffin shirt, right, right here. As a matter of fact, we had somebody who, who got this. Said, I don't like to, you know, do slogans and stuff like that. So on the back of the shirt, you know, we have the website, but um, uh, we can uh, get you the shirt without the website on the back if you want. Uh, really big. It does have it here, so it's just the David Knight Show. Um, but uh, we can get it without the website if you want it without the website on the back um, and uh, get people to ask you what the MacGuffin is. Is it a um, a new restaurant or something? Uh, well, it is a recipe for disaster, regardless of what the emergency is. The MacGuffin is the recipe. So I guess you could say it's kind of a restaurant. It's a cookbook that these people have used against us. You know, the cookbook, like from the Twilight Zone, to serve mankind. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, they're going to serve us that's what they want to do. So Trudeau Trudeau is pushing back on the carbon tax. Uh, Mark sent this to me. He says, uh, this could be a positive development. Trudeau is walking back the carbon tax on heating oil. He said, however, this could be a fake, just like we saw with Rishi, Rishi Rich Sunak on the uh, internal combustion engine vehicle ban. He pushed back on the date for banning internal combustion engines. He's pushed back the ban from... 2030 to 2035 in the UK. However, what he did not do is push back the intermediate goals for EV adoption. So the percentage of EVs to internal combustion engines that have to be sold in the UK between now and 2030 has not changed. So is uh, Trudeau going to do a head fake like that? We don't know. Uh, What we do know is that um, AOC has got this figured out. I, I think she's starting to get close, occasional cortex is starting to get close to the real solution, that our weather might have something to do with the sun. Uh, Here she is.
7: I just had another amazing idea. So like maybe we can study the effects of global warming from the main source of all the heat in our solar system, the sun. Maybe I can convince Elon Musk, who is absolutely obsessed with me by the way, to do something good (laughs) with SpaceX and figure out a mission to the sun in order to get samples. I suggest we go at night because it would probably be too hot during the day, but we'll leave all that up to the scientists.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, we got a lot to look forward to. That's one of the best things I've seen artificial intelligence used for, right there. That's, they did a really good job of having her talk and, you know, matching that up. Of course it's uh, from Fake Nation. Uh, but, um, not too far away from the real AOC. Is it, <laughs> we should check out the sun since it's the source of climate change and, uh, we should do it at night when it's not quite so hot. That's, that's great. I love that. Wow. Geese busters. Thank you very much. A second tip and a very large one. Thank you very much. He says, thanks, Anthony, for helping this month, free geese control for you. <laughs> He won't even charge you like he did, uh, Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> some of the reasons that uh, he's is, uh, is here cause he knows Trump, uh, he's, he's, uh, dealings with him anyway. Uh, Trudeau backtracking and delaying on the climate alarmist stuff, rolling back the heating oil, carbon tax for three years. Yeah, we got to roll back this because we've got to boil the frogs a little more slowly. That's really the only thing that is going on with this. Uh, They're starting to see that uh, people are catching on to this. Uh, Real Clear Wire talks about the political risk of mandating EVs for everybody. He said, if we could imagine a time machine bringing to New York City an American citizen from the 19th century, odds are the one thing that would seem the most amazing about our time would be the proliferation of the personal automobile. Big buildings, big cities, roads, nighttime, illumination would all be imaginable, even if different looking and greater in scale. But the one thing radically different about modern day life, is the convenience and the freedom that comes from a car.
1: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer
2: with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
10: Oh, 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 O'Reilly
0: Auto Parts.
2: Tax day is coming. Oh, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I saw that, I, I thought about uh, the pictures of uh, Tampa when, um, uh, my grandfather was a streetcar conductor there. You know, at least, I don't know. I imagine they're still there, but they had the rails were still in the roads, even though the streetcars had long disappeared before I came around the middle of the 20th century. But, uh, the pictures that I would see early pictures of uh, Tampa, there were streetcars, horses and carriages and buggies and all the rest of that stuff. That was the world that my parents were born into Uh, you know they got into high school they got their model model t used model t um but um that was uh that was the world that they were born into and uh, again before the car uh and it really has transformed our society and you know the people that are running these companies like uber and lyft the guy who was the lyft ceo was his um, education was as a uh, urban planner and he absolutely despises the car all these people do oh it, it gives us urban sprawl you need to concentrate you know we don't want to have the city even spread out definitely don't want the suburbs people were desperate to get out of the city they loved getting out of the city and the the car is what made that possible The general population thinks that's a big feature, but these urban planners who want to keep everybody under their thumb think that's a bug. And he actually wrote that. Uh, The CEO of uh, Lyft uh, wrote a long thing about how cities were the best invention of mankind and cars were the worst invention of mankind. And he wanted to eliminate all private cars. Well, uh, these people are 180 degrees uh, away from the reality To speak of the impact of the automobile on society makes more sense than to speak of the impact of makes um, a little more sense than to speak of the impact of the bone structure on the human body because it has been so transformative. Now come politicians in a dozen states and the EPA, via a creative exercise of regulatory authority, planning to ban the right to purchase a car with an internal combustion engine, the kind of car that ninety-eight percent of Americans own, the kind of car that ninety-eight percent of Americans want to still buy. The goal of the bans is not to deny any citizen the ability to own or afford a useful car, they say. Instead, everyone knows it's in service So the goal to cut carbon dioxide emissions. No, it is to end all private vehicles, including the EVs. Even the Toyota chairman, uh, they've been very skeptical of battery electric cars. They've uh, said, well, we, why don't we try something else? You know, Because there's obviously problems with the battery technology. No, no, no. There will only be one approach, just like there was with the vaccine. Can't try ivermectin. Can't try HCQ. No, you've got to have the shot. That's the only thing we're going to allow. And so that tells you right there that this is a game. It's a MacGuffin. But um, Mr. Toyota, uh, actually his name is the same as uh, the company Um, in English. One is spelled with a T, the other one's with a D. CEO says people are finally seeing reality. He said this at the... uh, They've now changed it. It's now the Japan Mobility Show. It's no longer the car show. Because, again, the purpose is to get rid of private vehicles. So they'll talk about mobility. And these people see themselves as having a franchise to give you automated taxis. So at the Japan Mobility Show this week, uh, he said that, well, uh, you got to have something that is faster to fuel, but they want something with a central control grid. Um, So, you know. Uh, are we going to have something like Mr. Fusion? Or maybe we could have Mr. Diesel back. You know, Mr. Diesel is almost as good as Mr. Fusion. You can pour all kinds of stuff into a diesel and get it to run. (laughs) Almost as good as Mr. Fusion. There are many ways to climb the mountain to achieve carbon neutrality, said Toyota. Uh, While suggesting that consumers are finally waking up from a dreamscape pushed by the climate change alarmists. Let me tell you, we're not going to defeat them by accepting their fundamental false premise. We're not going to defeat them by furthering their narrative. If you say, well, there's a lot of ways that we can achieve carbon neutrality. No, 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 no. That is not our goal. We have to point this out that this is a lie. That's the only thing that's going to work. So there's a lot of panic as the auto executives, as I point out, are seeing this multi-billion dollar collapse due to electrification. Jaguar, for example, Uh, bet the company on this stuff uh and got rid of their gasoline and diesel engines and so they went full on with the ev Uh, gm's third quarter earning calls ceo barra mary barra and gm struck a more sober tone as i pointed out they're not going to be able to uh make ends meet until they can get uh, everybody packed into the cities they're going to have to slow this down and that's really what is going on with trudeau's moves these people realize that they've gone too far too quickly And they're going to have to slow down the pace. But they have not given up on this program. That's what you need to understand. Uh, GM's about face was something of a surprise to investors. But again, uh, even uh, Musk is warning about profits for EVs. He's not going to exit uh, the EV market. Uh, GM, by the way, uh, has had a lot of problems with defective batteries as well. I remember when they got into uh, diesel cars, uh, it was really, they just had a repurposed, um, an engine block that didn't make it, you know, diesels run at a much higher compression. Uh, one of the reasons that the engines last so long is because they're, they're built heavier to withstand all that, uh, higher compression ratios and everything. But uh, GM was having problems with their diesels because it just repurposed some gasoline engines, some internal regular uh, gasoline engines, uh, even to the extent that, um, you would see on, other diesel cars, they would have uh, special purpose, big batteries, and you know they just kind of ad hoc took regular components and started trying to make this out. They had a lot of problem with it. They're having a lot of problem with the defective batteries now as well. And uh, of course, you know the the batteries can cost a minimum of six thousand, sometimes you know twenty five, thirty thousand dollars to repay uh, to replace. And so they've decided uh, to give the owners of the Chevy Bolt uh, between the years twenty twenty two and twenty. 20- 20, uh, they're going to give them $1,400, uh, as compensation for the defective battery that it's going to cost anywhere from four to, uh, you know, almost, uh, five, what, five times that much or something, you know? Uh, so here you go. We'll give you a little bit of a, a tip off of this thing. Uh, Jessica Morrow, thank you very much for the tip. Uh, Dear David, thank you so much for you do. Hope you have a blessed day. Well, I tell you, it is just amazing. I cannot believe the generosity of everybody. And thank you, Anthony, for uh, starting this. I I can't thank you enough. Um, And um, uh, my son says he thinks that the Chevy Volt, that's the V, V this is the Volt. But he thinks that the Volt batteries are $9,000. That was a previous model that had a generator on it. But, um, yeah, it is. uh, Thank you so much, uh, everyone, for the support. And uh, all I can say is that um, when we look at this, uh, we, we never really know what the future is going to hold, but uh, we know who holds the future. And so we uh, trust God, everything that each and every one of us do, on a daily basis, every day, God is asking us if we trust him. And, uh, of course, um, you know, we have to uh, think about that every single day, don't we? And we should think about that, and we should affirm that every day. And, uh, and again, that is, uh, as we were talking about earlier, the fact that we don't have to uh, make his prophecies come true as Christians by going out and killing innocent civilians or committing war crimes or doing this or that. Uh, that is uh, the key thing for us to remember. And um, uh, uh, again, I'll just uh, say, as we I didn't get to the CBDC, uh, CBDC stuff today. Uh, by the way, Biden is also starting... An executive order, you know, he had his executive order in March of uh, last year to push the CBDC stuff. He is now pushing out an executive order for how they want to rig artificial intelligence so that it will be a master propaganda machine. This is something that uh, Sam Altman says, oh, it's going to be a, a super persuader. It's going to be even better than Fauci because it will be actual science. And, of course, you will believe, or at least The public will believe. Hopefully you won't. The public will believe that it is totally objective. And again, seen this all my life. Somebody get a printout. uh, Oh, well, look, I got a computer printout. Garbage in, garbage out. But they're putting the garbage into the artificial intelligence now. As a matter of fact, Biden's got an executive order about how he wants to uh, weaponize that for control. So they're going to weaponize our money. They're going to weaponize the um, information that we get, weaponize what is... um, Uh, the uh, surveillance of people Uh, so we've got our work cut out for us but uh, again the question is do we trust God and I hope you do certainly uh, my family and I do thank you so much for your support again we can't thank you enough thank you have a good day If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers, thedavidknightshow.com.
7: If you like the Eagles, on dark the cars and Huey Lewis in the news.
1: They say the rock and roll is
7: You'll love the Classic Hits channel at APS Radio. Download our app or listen now at APSRadio.com.